This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is the Monty Show. Happy Victory Monday, presented by the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. When you've been in an injury accident, did you fall off your motorcycle? Did you get hit while riding your motorcycle? Yeah, the Advocates can take care of you on that, too. Uh, Check them out online, UtahAdvocates.com. What a weekend of football. Did we get it wrong about BYU? Did we buy into the hype? Was the blue Kool-Aid overpowering when it comes to BYU football? And it was ice cold. Ice cold. Uh, can the Utes survive without Brant Keithy? Did Tua have a back injury or maybe a brain injury? And it's National Breakfast Day. There, we did it. You can go to yeah. work and act like you know what you're talking Show's about. Show's over. You know what I'm saying? Have a nice day. Um, incredible weekend of football. If NFL, college football, whatever, the biggest story in football is what? Uh, I, I mean, I think it's it's quarterbacks in the NFL to me. I mean, I think it's all these. It just seems like all these different situations, whether it's Kyler, Tua, Tom, Aaron, you know, Patty Mahomes, Josh Allen, like, You've got all this stuff happening in the NFL with quarterbacks, and seemingly at the college level, the quarterbacking is fine. It's all about injuries yeah. at the college level. So you know, I think this concussion thing with Tua Tagovailoa, I think that's a big story. Yeah, I, I think yeah. that this this story about his back injury, I, I'm not buying it. Uh, I think in college football, very clearly, uh, I think USC, uh, the AP top 25, the top six is unchanged. Obviously, if you did not hear, Utah is 12th, BYU is 19th. I also think this BYU story is a big one. Did we get it wrong on BYU? And when I when I say, did we get it wrong on BYU, what I mean is, did we over be, overvalue BYU as a football team? Because the struggles that we saw against Oregon were almost understandable. Frustrating. Did they drive you crazy? Did they get dominated? Yes. But you come home against Wyoming on Saturday night, and you came out of the gate completely flat. And you got dominated for a quarter by by Wyoming football. And that's a little concerning to me, Jake, because you felt like after what happened up in Eugene that BYU would come back and they would come out of the gates flying, and that's just not what we saw. Yeah, and I, and I think this whole conversation about BYU starting slow is is definitely something that, that has to get fixed in this program. I mean, it's not, um, you know, this isn't new for this particular team, and I think that, you know, starting slow just can't keep happening. Like, again, you know, it's, it goes without saying, like, this week you've got three days to prepare for, for Utah State, and they're coming to Lavelle. So, you know, I mean, what is what is the start of this game look like? You know, there's going to be a lot of emotions. There's going to be, you know, obviously playing for the wagon wheel and the pride of the state and, like, everything you have going on. You know, it's 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 a big game, you know, regardless of where Utah State may be um, as, a, as a program, you know. And, and so, to me, this whole starting slow thing just can't continue to happen because, inevitably, what you wind up doing, and this is kind of what we've talked about a lot with, with BYU specifically, is you wind up being in a situation where you need big plays to kind of break out of that funk when you start slow. You need 
the Keanu Hill bomb or something early in the game. You need, you know, what basically what Tyler Algier provided for you last year. You need that thumping running back to do some things for you and they don't have they don't have that with all due respect to the boys in that in that running back room like you don't have that this year and so to me I, I think you know I don't know what the recipe to start faster is I I'm always a big fan of getting your quarterback in in his groove early you know get some early completions get get those guys in rhythm but it just didn't seem like that was even a possibility when you were playing Wyoming it just seemed like you kind of came out. Wyoming was playing with a ton of energy, and I'm just going to keep saying it. Every single week, you're going to get the opposition's best because you're BYU and you're having a good season. So you can't afford to just assume that people are going to roll out and be average against you. You got you to gotta assume they're going to bring their absolute best, and that requires us to bring our best. And if we don't do that, we're going to be playing from behind in the first half, which I think you can't continue to do and expect to win big bigger games like against you know your Notre Dame's your Arkansas's specifically coming up on the schedule yeah I don't know I I think that that's a heavy question about why BYU comes out of the gate slow and I I think the run game has a lot to do with it and and I think one of the bigger questions we're going to leave this weekend with is did we find a number one running back in Provo in Miles Davis I think that's a huge question mark and I think when you look at uh, all of the hype that was around Chris Brooks. And I think a, a lot of BYU observers were excited about Christopher Brooks and coming in from Cal, you know, bringing, you know, that, that explosiveness to the running game, um, you know, finding a way to replace Tyler Algier. And that just does not materialize through the first four games. And I think now what you see in Miles Davis is you see a guy that came out and hit a couple of home runs, and everybody's calling him Aaron Judge now. And he, <laughs> see that was see a, what he did there. He a, hit home runs. Aaron Judge is a Yankee who was a, has you know sixty one, I think it is, or whatever the number is now. You know, he hit home runs and hit home runs. It all kind of gels together. You know, uh, you and know. stuff. But I I think that's a legitimate question about. Uh, Miles Davis now. I mean, I, I don't think you have a number one running back, and I don't think that'll emerge this year. That's just my opinion. I like Miles Davis. Um, obviously, you got to love the performance that he put up, but Jake, I, I, I don't think he's got the size to consistently do what number one running backs in college football need to do. And, and I think that's why we were all so excited about Chris Brooks is he brought the size and the ability I think they're they're running back by committee for the rest of the way. Yeah, well, I think the conundrum with the Christopher Brooks situation when you compare it to, you know, Miles Davis' performance is Miles Davis, you know, is obviously someone who basically transferred or switched positions from wide receiver, and he's a great athlete. Like, let's not beat around the bush here. He is a phenomenal athlete, and and uh, you know, and I'm glad to see that he had success early on with running back, but. I think the conundrum for the program is that Christopher Brooks is a running back through and through. Christopher yes. Brooks is is supposed to be a guy that that you can just say, hey, let's hand it off to you and see what you can do. And so when there are questions looming around the program, and and it's not as though you know they've been brought up specifically, but if you have paid attention to Christopher Brooks's game, you know there are a lot of people saying. Well, maybe this guy is not someone who loves contact as a running back. Maybe this guy is not someone who's going to be a thumper in the A-gap that you can count on for three, four yards of carry. And, and that, to me, is what he was advertised as. So now I think you're totally right. Miles Davis comes in, has some huge game, and now we think he's the best back since sliced bread. And, and I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but let's see what you do this week. Like, let's let's it, – it's a short – sample size. I love his performance. I love what he did, but the truth is is that this program needs an RB1. This program needs someone 
that takes that job. It's the classic situation in sports where you have three running backs, so you have no running backs. That's the problem. And yeah. they got one of these guys has to step up and take it. Well, and I think everybody's favorite quarterback's the backup. Everybody's favorite running back is the backup. Yeah. Like, you're looking at it now, and I, I think when you look at what's ahead of you here with Utah State, I mean, um, you see the number on the screen. You're a 24-and-a-half-point home favorite Thursday yeah. night on ESPN uh, against Utah State, and, and I still maintain this is a very dangerous game, and I, I think when you look at um, what what Utah you know State is going to bring to the yard, I think this is going to be a very difficult game. Um, and I, I say the same thing for Utah. I think this Oregon State game that, that's coming up is a very difficult game. Yeah. But it's October now. You know, we're, we're heading for, for Halloween, and you look at where BYU is. You know what? We overvalued BYU, I think, because one of the other things that I think we need to talk about, whether it's, you know, the running backs or, or, or the defensive line, I mean, Wyoming came out and pushed BYU around for a quarter. And that was really surprising. And I don't care if you come out flat. I don't care if you are struggling. It, it doesn't really matter to me. You cannot allow the Wyoming Cowboys, with all due respect, that's a great program. They're playing really good football. Wyoming can never come to Provo and push you around. Yeah. And that happened on, on Saturday night that's at Lavelle. I, I mean, it, that's an issue, Coach. Like, for sure, like, that was surprising to me that Wyoming was able to come in and, and really move BYU's defensive line around. That yeah. was surprising. On the other side of the football, I thought I thought BYU's offensive line put, p played quite well, frankly. Yeah. Um, I think that they got – I mean, the harris Lachance pancake block that Incredible, we saw. Incredible, dude. The double was <laughs> that Coog Connect put out um, was unbelievable. Yeah. And the offensive line is, is more than doing the job. The issue on this BYU team is, A, I think we overvalued BYU football. B – now you start to see where the, the holes in this roster are. Up front, I think you have some concerns. I think you're fine at the wide receiver position. I think you're fine in the secondary. I think you're fine in the linebackers. Their defensive line got moved by Wyoming. Yeah. By the way, anybody else surprised that Max Tooley missed time? Yeah, I mean... I don't know. It just that seemed like that kind of flew under the radar. You know, the the, the Max, Max Tui situation. It just seemed like it rolled out, and all of a sudden he wasn't playing. And and so I think I think what we're really talking about here with this program is injury management. I mean, if you look across the board, guys like Max Tui missing time is just. I mean, I'm not going to say it's out of the blue, but it is pretty random. I have to say. I mean, uh, obviously the the two on Gunner situation needs to resolve itself. Like, you know, I, you know, obviously, uh, and I think I said two. I mean, Puka, the Puka and Gunner situation need to uh, need to resolve themselves. I mean, uh, you know, obviously Puka takes the big hit and Gunner suited up before the game and then didn't play. So, I mean, at some point, like, yeah, we can sit here and say the roster is fine, but if the guys aren't playing, the roster is not fine. I mean, you got to figure out a solution here. Yeah, I, I think that is, that's an incredibly important conversation. I mean, the Puka Nakua injury. Injuries. In, uh, injuries. I mean, this is why you cannot, in my opinion, rush people back. I mean, everybody's upset about, you know, we were talking about how they, it, Puka Nakua and Gunnar Romney were game time decisions. And, you know, BYU fans were losing their mind and one fan was calling BYU a liar. And it's like, you have no idea what you're talking about. You don't know what you're dealing with mm -hmm. when it comes to things like high ankle sprains or lacerated kidneys, which is reported the injury uh, that Gunnar Romney's dealing with. Like you cannot rush these things. And I think what we saw was Puka Nakua was not ready to play. 
Yeah. He was simply physically not ready to go with the ankle. And now you're going to pay the price for that because it looked like he re-injured that injury uh, full stop. I mean, it looked like he re-injured the ankle, rather, excuse me, full stop. So you're probably resetting the timeline on that. And unfortunately, yeah. we'll, I mean, we'll see what happens with him and we'll see how long he's out. But you cannot force guys back into the lineup because you want them there. Thanks. I mean, it's just, it, it, and again, whether it's the Tua concussion or, excuse me, the Tua back injury yeah. uh, or the Puka ankle or Gunny's kid, Gunner's kidney, this Brant Keithy injury, frankly, is a, is Another a one. huge, huge story. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I, 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 this is terrible. I mean, he was having a monster campaign. Yeah. For Utah, and he appeared to to Brant Keith. He appeared to injure his knee significantly. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was nice to see Money Parks actually have a reception, uh, because he's a guy that's disappointing. And yes, obviously Utah dominated Arizona State. Right. No doubt about that. Brant Keith, he feels like a loss. Yeah. And it's funny we're on a victory Monday here where you get BYU and Utah winning. Uh, the Chicago Bears win. Um, you know, NBA training camp opens tomorrow. Like, what's not to win today, Seriously. right? But it doesn't feel like a victory Monday. Yeah. It's crazy. I it feels like we're struggling at BYU. We're struggling now at Utah because of this Brand Keithy situation. Like, it doesn't feel like a win. Yeah, it just doesn't feel real positive. And, you know, and and obviously, you know, when you hear Witt or Kalani or, or hell, I mean, even, even Miles Davis and his, you know, chipper mood last night. Like, you know, you just sit around and listen to these guys talk and you watch where the program is at. And you're like, yeah, you might be winning football games, but the expectations for these two teams aren't just to win football games. The expectation is to do some things in the postseason. And so, you know, when you look around these programs, it's like, man, like these are not, this is not Alabama and Georgia we're talking about. This is not, you know, big time, best in the country programs. These are good programs that should make some noise uh, come bowl season. And the problem is, is that when you have injuries, in, in BYU or Utah-level programs, it is hard to backstop them. It's hard to backfill them. And this is where, like for Utah, this is where you start to get concerned because, as we know, Kyle Whittingham has always been committed to the defense, Yes, been a defense-first guy, um, and offense has come second. So for Cam Rising, you lose Brant Keithy likely for the year. I think it's for the year. We'll get an update today um, on that. But, but let's assume he's out for the year. Who are you going to? I mean, yeah, Dalton Kincaid, sure. But now, like, Devon Vele, it's time, bud. Like, all these other guys, it's time to get going. It is time. Absolutely. Monty in the Morning presented by the Advocates Utah Injury Attorneys. If you've been injured in a car accident, even if it wasn't your fault, you still have to deal with the consequences, like overdue medical bills, car repairs, and worse, insurance companies that try their hardest not to pay their fair share. No need to worry, though. The Advocates are here to help. All right, there you go. The Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business, presenting sponsors of The Monty Show. Let's hear from you. I'd really like to get your thoughts uh, today as we react to BYU and Utah, both winning, but significant questions surrounding both programs. Yeah. And, you know, I, th I think, I just feel awful for Brant Keithy. If this is the injury, we think it is. Yeah. And we'll find out today. Obviously, Witt said that we would get an update on his need today, but... If this is the injury that we think it is, this is this is a brutal reality uh, about you know about the the issues in college football. Is that Brand Keithy could have gone to the NFL, probably should have yeah. gone to the NFL. He comes back, they really move him into a, more of a wide receiver position. 
he dominates. I mean, the kid's going to be a, a high draft pick in the NFL, and now he hurts his knees. So, you know, we we hope we hope that that is not uh, the injury that we we uh, yeah that we all thought it that we all think it is. Yeah, that that's that's what I think you're looking for. Uh, Rant says the answer is yes. Notre Dame will put a hurting on them. Well, we'll, we'll find out. In, we'll find out in two weeks. By the way, they've got to get past this. Um, Utah State game. Might want to win that one first. Um, let's see. Kent State hung around with Georgia. There are some G5 schools that are decent. More parity with the Porto. They won't beat Arkansas or Notre Dame. I don't know. Arkansas struggled pretty mightily over the weekend. Um, and I actually don't think the the issue for BYU is their run defense. They're going to have to stop the run more consistently. Yeah. And if, if you are... You know, if you're going in October and you don't have injuries, you're probably not playing padded football. Injuries are not an excuse. They're a reality in college football. Mm -hmm. So I, I see a lot of people pointing that out. Uh, what's up, Lopez San Gabe? Good to see you. Show 800, he says. Let's go. Yeah, today is show number 800. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. We've done 800 shows. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. That is absolutely insane. Come on now. How about 800 likes for our 800? Yeah, come on. Let's go. Rack them up. 800 likes. Rack them up. Let's go. Let's Thumbs go. What's up, maybe? Yeah. Uh, what's up? Edwin says, good morning. Tanner Plummer says, what's up? Uh, Teddy Wayman, what's up with you, my friend? Good to see you. Uh, let's see. Tanner says, we were all wrong to overvalue BYU. Well, I feel like we're starting to learn that right now. I, I feel like we we put a little too much confidence in... in their depth in the in the on the defensive line. Yeah, I mean, I think the the thing is, is BYU is, is can compete and be on the field with anybody when they're healthy. The the problem is once again, I mean, the injuries are just eating them up. You can only go so long with without your best talent in Puka and Gunner because again, the defense is the defense. Like it's never going to be elite at BYU, but it's been good enough, and that's the thing. It's been good enough to keep you in games, and now it's like, man, these injuries are just you know holding us down a little bit. Yeah, but I think if you look at the wide receiver room is deep. I mean, you look at Keanu Hill, uh, you know, the Keanu Hill. I thought Braden Cosper obviously had a breakout game. Uh, Isaac Rex, Miles Davis catching the ball out of the backfield obviously is a big deal for them. Um, but I think the Cody Epps touchdown, four catches, 13 yards for Cody Epps with a with a touchdown. I think those are all big moments because you're going to need all of those guys to step up. Cody Epps, yeah. I think I'll just say again. I think Cody Epps is a vital contributor to that wide receiver room. Mm -hmm. Until you get Puka and Romney back on a on a on a regular basis, I think Cody Epps becomes a, an invaluable contributor at wide receiver. Right. And I, I is he capable? I know he's capable. I, is it a mental thing? Is it a reps thing? I don't know. But Cody Epps, if this team has aspirations, um, you know, of, of being a two loss team, Cody Epps is going to have to step up and play play big moments. And contribute big moments for this team. I think yeah. he is obviously Cosper stepping up's huge. I think we've all known that Hill is a is a big play wide receiver, but I, I, Cody Epps is going to have to step up, honestly, if they're going to go far. Uh, Provo Kook fan says BYU always wins um, when it wins on they should lose Baylor, and they lose the ones they should win. Um, TBA. <laughs> yeah, TBA. Well, let's hope it's not TBA. Uh, 513 Bearcat says, relax. It's only three games. Glad you have three wins right now. Well, it's four games. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. That's the, the thing. Like, you're you're not in a bad spot, but I think you're you're seeing the 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 shortage in talent in the in the program on some level when you can't backfill 
guys like, you know, Puka and Gunner. I mean, I know I keep saying it. I don't mean to be repetitive, but you got to have, you got to develop your skill positions farther. Like you have to see these ne this next wave come in and consistently produce. Because yes. that's what I'm going to keep saying about like, you know, you know, guys like Miles Davis or whoever you want to point to, whatever younger guy you want to point to. Great, you had one good game, and it's awesome you did that because we could be sitting here talking about how you did nothing and there's no answers. So it is awesome you had a great game, but now we got to see that over a couple games. Yep, totally agree. Uh, football 50, 10 of the hour, every hour on the Monty Show. We bring you the biggest headlines in football. <coughs> Certainly locally, I think it is without question. Uh, the Brand Keithy knee injury, I think, is probably the biggest story in football here in the state of Utah. Um, his loss is massive. I, I don't even know how you um, how you categorize that. I, I, I don't know how you recover from that. Certainly BYU having a rebound pretty quick here. They beat uh, Wyoming. Uh, they are now a 24 and a half point favorite uh, over Utah. That they're not covering that number. No. They, I, I'm listen, man. Saturday Thursday turns are very difficult. It's going to be a tight game. 24 and a half points. Are you kidding me? 24 and a half points. BYU favored over Utah State. That's a big one. Um, and I also think, by the way, Russell Wilson last night on Sunday Night Football going up against Jimmy G. Well, we don't have any music today. Well, you, you, didn't, you didn't talk about Papa Murphy's yet, so I've been waiting for you to, you know, talk about Papa Murphy's. I actually did say football 50% by Papa Murphy's Pizza. 10 in the hour, every hour, we bring you the biggest stories in football. Um... How surprised were you at the ineptitude on Sunday Night Football? Jimmy G, Russell Wilson. Is Russell Wilson a mistake for the Denver Broncos? It's looking like that so far. I mean, I think that you also have to consider that, you know, it's his first season with the team. Like, there were always going to be growing pains. There were always going to be things that they had to work out. But I don't think people quite expected it to be this crappy, like this inept, like this low scoring and this just not good offense. That's, I mean... I just don't think people expected it to be this bad. And frankly, neither did I. But I would expect them to get it going. I, I don't know. I mean, what else would you expect? Like, I mean, if he doesn't get it going for the rest of the year, I kind of find that hard to believe. Well, obviously, he came through. Denver won the game. He comes through late in the game. I mean, it, it's just surprising to me how inept Russell Wilson has been for the Denver Broncos. And I mean inept. Yeah. He is. I mean, he's not the same guy he was in Seattle. I mean, obviously, we saw some flashes of it last night with the chess pass, but um, yeah, I don't know about all that. Then there's this Tua Tagovai your mama story in Miami. Yeah, Tua Tagovailoa yesterday uh, claims that he did not have a concussion, but a back injury on this hit right here. You see his watch his head, boom! Now watch where his hands go. Where do his hands go? Right to his face mask. Look at this wobble. They're saying this right there is because he has a back injury. I'm not buying this at all. I think this is absolutely a concussion. The NFLPA and the NFL are going to open a joint investigation into how this was handled. Jake, was it a concussion or a back injury? Yeah, I think it was a concussion all day. I mean, I just don't think there's any way around it. Like, we've seen this so many times in the league. The head hitting the ground concussion is not new. Uh, it's been happening for years, and I think that... You know, two is a tough guy, clearly, and I give him credit for that, but there are limits and there there are lines, and he should have never been back in this game. This is a concussion. Like, I, I, I don't know how else. I've never, listen, I have never had a back injury like that. My, I have known people for years who have battled with back injuries. I suppose this could be a result of a back injury. But when he hits his head, and I'll play the video again, 
when he hits his head, you're not going to see it in detail, but watch how quickly his hands go to his face mask right there. And then he gets up. That's not a back injury, man. Yeah. That's look at him shaking his head a little bit. Look at him grabbing his, look and at him touching right his back head. To his helmet. Like he's look just trying to get his senses. I don't buy this as a back injury no. at all. And again, I just don't think guys will come out of games. If you allow it to be up to the player, they're going to come back into the game. And I know he was evaluated. They claim he passed the concussion protocol. I'm I'm just not buying it. By the way, interesting question around the NFL right now. Yeah. Who is the best, the best quarterback in the NFL right now? Yeah, I mean, I still want to say it's Tom Brady. Just like when you watch these Tom Brady games right now, it's so obvious that they're they're just not gelling on offense yet. They're just not quite in sync. And that and Tom Brady's responsible for that, obviously, being him, but but you know, right here today, I I, I think you know it's Josh Allen. That's probably who I'd go with. But even after know. what you saw yesterday, yeah, I mean, I think that Josh Allen is still ha- has clearly one of the best arms in the league. Like they fell short yesterday, no doubt about it. Well, but but a based off of performances yesterday, I don't know how you're going anywhere but to number twelve in Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. As much as I I hate to say that. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL right now, at least from what I saw this weekend. I mean, look, with all due respect to Josh Allen, you got to manage the clock better than that. That doesn't happen. If Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, the Bills are winning that game. There's just no doubt about that. And when I look at Tom yeah. Brady, Tom Brady's the best quarterback in the NFL when Mike Evans plays. When Mike Evans does not play, he's not the best quarterback in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers right now does not have a premier number one wide receiver and they are still winning games. They go to Tampa, and they win a game against what I think is the best defense in the NFL. I think it's Aaron Rodgers. Now, are you? is Josh Allen close? Sure he is. I think Justin Herbert's on the periphery of that conversation, but he's injured, mm-hmm. so we're not seeing the best from him. But I look around the league at all of these crappy quarterbacks, and yeah, let's have the conversation. What's wrong in Arizona? Is it Cliff Kingsbury, or is it Little Kyler? Because now... Team, I, I I guess, how do I put this correctly? They're starting to question whether Cliff Kingsbury should be fired in Arizona. Yeah. You're not firing the quarterback. You just signed him to a massive extension, which, again, mm-hmm. if you're a Cardinal fan, you know Drunky the Clown is not exactly the smartest general manager in the world. Right. This is not Cliff Kingsbury's fault, but he will take the fall for it. Yeah, and I, and I think that's the natural progression in, in the NFL. Like, you, if you're a head coach... When things aren't working out, and specifically when you're a head coach who was brought in under the guise of being a quarterback guru, and your quarterback's not performing, and that offense is not performing, and then your quarterback after the game says that guys need to, quote, be awake and not be sleeping on their routes because I can do whatever I want. I just don't like the dynamic in Arizona right now. Kyler Murray thinks he's the greatest ever, and the wide receivers clearly aren't on the same page. The problem is those wide receivers have... Great talent, and they're veterans. You're talking about Zach Gertz. You're talking about guys like A.J. Green who got hurt yesterday. Like, you're talking about guys who have been here. These aren't rookies. So I just think whether you look at the culture, you look at Kyler, you look at that offense, it's just you need a new voice. By the way, Kyle J. says uh, rip the chimes. Yeah, sorry, man. Sorry. No more chimes. It's been decided by— It was voted off the island, man. It's been decided by by the, uh, you know, by the crowd. Uh, all right, would love to see in the comments your thoughts on the um, the bigger the biggest stories in the NFL. Um, you know, I I think Rant says uh, no, Cincy way better squad. 
Kay Nuren says BYU will be 2024 Big 12 champs and playoff winners. Kay, can I get some of what you're smoking? Um, are you see, no no chance? Are they are no? Uh, Eric and Raleigh says uh, and the Broncos head coach is way over his head. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, what's up? Talking with Raphael podcast. Good morning, casuals. Talking with Raphael podcast on PBS Radio. By the way, Raphael, do we have a new listener to the show yet? Raphael's wife is close to to giving birth. I do think that our show is so good it causes sex to happen because not only is Raphael bringing a new listener to the Monty Show into the world, our guy Greg Hawkins is bringing a new listener into the world. Like, look, I know the Monty Show's an aphrodisiac. Yeah. Hey, man, we're happy to facilitate. I said the Monty Show's an aphrodisiac. Yeah. Uh, Rant says uh, Texas Tech beat Texas. Tech's pretty fast and would handle BYU. How about the fact that Tech beat Texas? I'm telling Unacceptable. you, Steve Sarkeesian better start winning big games because just barely losing to Alabama is not beating Alabama. I don't, I don't know how to break it to you. Um, Boyd Lake says back injuries and brain injuries are both neurological. Yeah, absolutely they are. Um, Eric says it could be a neck whiplash, but definitely it's definitely a concussion. I agree with that. Yeah. Is Lamar Jackson the best quarterback in the NFL? Well, I think that Lamar is definitely one of the biggest stories in the NFL. I mean, this whole dynamic of him not having a long-term contract but still playing, like, you know, just out of his mind. Like, I think it's it, – yeah, it's definitely one of the biggest stories in the league. Yeah, and one of the biggest stories in the league is how good Papa Murphy's Pizza is. No one goes all in on made-from-scratch freshness like Papa Murphy's. We go all in on quality. All in on craft. And on the Triple Pep Pizza, we go all in on pepperoni. Because when you go all in, people notice. Go all in with a limited time Triple Pep Pizza. Topped with three types of pepperoni for just $11.99. Papa Murphy's. Change the way you pizza. Papa Murphy's Pizza presents football at 50, 10 to the hour, every hour on the Monty Show. Make sure when you order your Papa Murphy's Pizza, you use promo code MONTY25, M-O-N-T-Y 25, MONTY25 to get 25% off your order of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza, the Monty Show is presented by The Advocates. Utah Injury Attorneys, utahadvocates.com. Every single day we tell you they are the best injury attorneys in the business. Whether you are to a tongue of Iloa slamming your head on the ground or you get hit by a car or you get in an accident or you trip and fall or you're hurt at work, are you injured and it's not your fault? Go to utahadvocates.com right now because it's not your fault you got injured and you deserve an advocate, somebody that will fight for you utahadvocates.com the advocates present the monty show the biggest stories in sports this morning without question i think uh probably the biggest story in football this morning is this brand keithy knee injury yeah uh this is a big one and i i think there is no doubt that they are a different football team without brant keithy their fine tight end for the utah utes here's utah head coach kyle whittingham on his injured tight end brand keithy is, is probably the big negative of the game we'll find out more tomorrow but it doesn't look good have uh, a report on Monday at the press conference whether or not that's season ending. And uh, uh, I just feel horrible for the kid. Such a such a great teammate. He's a leader. He's a captain. Uh, came back for another year to you know to be with his team and, and help us win. And, and 
So we'll hope for the best. It's not, it's not definitive, but uh, like I said, it doesn't look good. We'll find out Monday if it's season ending. Yeah, not oh. great. You don't love to hear that, and you see two guys that are really impacted by the story. They're Cam Rising, the starting quarterback for the Utah Utes, and Kyle Whittingham, the head coach, and I think he hit the nail on the head with Brant Keithy, and that is that this kid came back to play football. He's the captain of the team. He's a wonderfully talented tight end yeah. slash wide receiver. And Jake, I think this is a completely different football team without him. Yeah, there's no question about it. And I think the offense you know, is going to have to find its identity without him. I mean, that's how important he is to what they do on offense. I, you know, you're talking about a guy who's getting, I think, you know, by far the most targets on offense, as far as like wide receivers slash tight ends go. Um, and you're talking about a guy who, who is a big voice in, in the huddle and the locker room, just on the team as a whole. And, and that's why I say, you know, losing him for the year while he, you know, may still be on the sideline during games and stuff, uh, you know, and whatever that looks like, he may still be around the team, but, but man, it, you know, to lose him for a year for the rest of the season and probably for not probably for his career to be done at Utah would be just really sad, man. I mean, there's just it just sucks. Like, you know, he's a great teammate. And I think that's what the story with Brant Keithy is. He's a wonderful athlete, you know, obviously key contributor, but he is a great teammate. And and that's the the hard part about it. And this is why. Guys don't come back. This is the whole, you know, thing about going to the league or coming back to play for for your squad uh, at the college level. And this is why guys don't come back. Yeah, and I think, unfortunately, this changes the dynamic of that offense. And we've talked a lot about Utah wide receivers on this show. Um, you know, we've all been waiting for Devon Vele to break out. And it, it feels like he's had a much larger footprint in the offense um, a lot more targets, a lot more catches. Solomon Enos seems to be emerging. But now you're going to have to find a way to to offset um, Brant Keithy. And, and I think, obviously, you have a wonderful tight end in Dalton Kincaid that is, has been impactful on this team. Um, you know, obviously, we know how good uh, Kincaid is, but I just don't think you replace him. I mean, Money Parks finally gets a reception. He's a guy you feel like can step in and take some of those those targets, Jake. But... I just don't think you replace him. Yeah. Um, and I think with Oregon State coming to town Saturday at noon, I, I mean, this is going to be a huge test um, for the depth. And I think this also is a huge test and a huge marker to see who Cam Rising trusts. Because I think when you have a guy the caliber of a Brant Keithy and the quality yeah. of a Brant Keithy, that's a guy that Cam Rising relies on. Yeah. Um, when he's in a tough position, he knows exactly where Brant's going to be and he's going to throw the football there. Yeah. And now you're going to have to figure out who that's going to be. And that's not just something where you say, oh, okay, well, I'll throw it to Dalton Kincaid. It's a relationship. It's a trust. It's a chemistry that's not easily built, not quickly built. But I think as far as straight targets go, Devon Bailey and Solomon Enos are going to have to step up big time. And now you're going to have to put, you know, if it's Kincaid one and Devon Bailey two, Solomon Enos three, now Money Parks has got to be that fourth guy. Yep. Um, and that's a big leap at the Pac-12 level. It's not easy to go from being fifth, sixth, seventh to fourth. Like you're counted on now. You've got to make plays. You know, by the way, I also think one of the interesting things here is, you know, you had your starting running back suspended or not eligible to play in the first half. Yeah. You know, 
I mean, you look at Tavion Thomas and what he means to his team, Jake. How surprised by that were you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it is, yeah, it's surprising. I, I, I guess on some level, I appreciate the fact that they kept it in-house and they, and they you know, essentially made it a thing where it was not made public as to why he was held out of, out of the first half, you know? But obviously he was, and I think that it is... Um, yeah, I mean, it is surprising, but at the same time, things happen, and, and Witt's obviously going to handle it how he sees fit, and I, I would expect Tavion Thomas to be on his best behavior moving forward, you know? I would expect that Tavion Thomas would now understand, especially with the Brandt injury, that, it, you know, he's he even needs to step up, because just the same way with BYU, where, you know, if you can't run the football, it affects the passing game, that's not unique to BYU. That That is on every football team at every level. If you are not able to control the game on the ground, you're not going to be effective through the air because of what the defense is able to do and how the defense leans on you. So to me, I think Tavion Thomas both needs to be on his best behavior, but also has this big opportunity to say, hey, I am the guy. I am going to step into this role. Yeah, and I also think it was no accident that Jackson got all those carries at running back. I think, what did he have? I want to see he had nine carries. Yeah, Jaquindon Jackson had nine carries yeah. uh, against Arizona State. Nine carries. That's a lot of carries for a guy that was a quarterback. Yeah. Um, Jaquindon Jackson's now a full-time running back, according to uh, Kyle Whittingham. And you look at the distribution, you know, Jalen Glover, 13, Jaquindon, 9, Micah Bernard, 8. Like, that's a little surprising. If, you, if you're if you a Utah fan, I'm not telling you to be concerned, but this is what makes Kyle Whittingham such an elite football coach is yeah. he's going to take a quarterback, he's going to make him a, a, a running back, and that running back's going to have success because, you know, frankly speaking, Jaquindon Jackson, 9 for 31, 3.4 yards per carry with a touchdown. That I would say that's a successful debut yeah, as a running back. And that's what I mean. You see, So those numbers, that's precisely what I'm talking about with the BYU running game, right? And, and the fact that Utah's able to do that allows Cam Rising to do more things in the passing game. You don't, you don't have to do five, six, seven yards a carry. That's great if you do, but really to be successful, you just need three and really four yards a carry would be ideal because if you're getting four yards a carry, now you're ahead of the sticks. It opens up the playbook. Now you can do whatever you want. And that's why I say like with Tavion or any of these guys, they just got to get you know production early in the downs to, to be in a good spot to move the football down the field. And frankly, what I'm really worried about with the Oregon, Oregon State matchup is the physicality of Oregon State. With not having, like one of the things Brant does really well is he's physical as hell early in his route. He moves people to allow himself to get that space. So if they don't have that kind of physicality early in, early in the play, I don't know what that looks like for this offense. So they're going to need to make adjustments. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it, it's obviously a really important moment in time uh, for the 2022 Utah Utes. I mean, this is one of those those stretches where you rely on a guy like Kyle Whittingham's experience in, in his command of this program to really develop talent. And I think, again, you just look at the fact that you you had a bunch of, uh, of guys that weren't really part of this offense be part of this offense in Tempe. So, uh -oh. yeah, which is really exciting. So we'll see. Uh, Kyle Chase says, need more from Jalen Dixon going forward too. Well, Maybe, but how many opportunities are there to go go around? I mean, yeah. I, I think when you look at the uh, carry distribution, I think Jalen only had one carry, one for 11 yards. But, I mean, you got to remember that Cam Rising's a mobile quarterback, so those are carries there. Um, you look at Micah Bernard's going to continue to get reps in this offense. Um, Jaquindon Jackson, to me, is, is a great unknown 
because he's a hell of an athlete. You can see, you give him just a, a step and a half and he's yeah. by you. Yeah. I mean, he's by two, three guys in that small of a span. I mean, he's explosive for sure. I just will again say, Kincaid, Bailey, Parks, and Enos have to step up. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that to me will define... Um, who Utah is as a program this year. Well, and I think, you know, for the running back stable at Utah, you, you, you have what I view as a lot of potential as far as the dynamic is concerned. Like, I look at guys like Micah Bernard and Tavion Thomas, and I say, okay, those are guys that can lay the wood to the defense a little bit. Those are guys that that can thump a little bit. And then you get, you know, Jaquindon, and he's got the speed. And that's why I say, like, you have this opportunity to, to create something out of what is a big injury on your football team just the same way you do at BYU with Miles Davis and company. So that's why I say both of these programs are in this spot where you're suffering injuries. Injuries have come and are alive and well in in both programs. But the fact is, is it is um, incumbent on the coaching staff to make something out of the situation. And so you know, as far as winning is concerned, that's just going to come down to stepping up and empowering these running backs to play their best game. Because one of the things that I think BYU does really well, better than most programs, is says to kids, you know, like Jake Oldroyd as an example, saying to Jake, hey, man, we believe in you. We know you miss kicks, but we believe in you. Hey, Miles, we know you haven't played a whole hell of a lot, but follow the game plan, follow the scheme, and you will be fine. Yeah. And then guys go out and perform. I don't know. I, I think it's just a really interesting... It's a really interesting time in, in the state of Utah. I mean, we're we're coming off of two wins here with Utah and BYU, and it just doesn't feel that way. I mean, mm -hmm. you look at the way that BYU played against Wyoming, There's that's absolutely disappointing. Um, you know, specifically that first quarter, just to come out flat like that. They is, let you down. I mean, it's unacceptable to come out after, after the way you performed against Oregon to come out slow, yeah. uninspired, unenergetic, to play that kind of defense – you know, not to have Max Tooley and like to be to be missing guys and it, everybody has injuries. It's not an excuse. It's a reality. Yeah. Injuries are part of football. This BYU defense was not good Saturday night against Wyoming. That is a real concern as you head for a Thursday night tilt at home, obviously, against Utah State. I warn you now, it's great that you're a 24 point favorite against Utah State. You're not covering that number. I would I would be stunned if BYU covers that number. And now we're obviously we're gonna wait and hear more about Puka Nakua and see what his situation is. Yeah. That was clearly not the right decision to rush him back. That was a mistake, and I say rush him back. It was a mistake to bring Puka Nakua back. His ankle was not ready to go. The fact you had him out there and he wasn't even being targeted spoke probably all you needed to to hear about his readiness and his fitness to play in that game yeah. and then just simply trying to stop and cut back off that ankle. And you saw it bounce through the bounce through the turf. There is his cleat caught that, that looked incredibly painful and he clearly was not ready to go uh, again. High ankle sprains are a six week injury and it's just, it's, it, it's disheartening to see him limp off the field like that. And now you ask yourself, well, Hey, not only are we we missing our two best wide receivers, okay, well, we're deep. Keanu Hill performed at a very high level. Okay, we're good. I think you're fine at wide receiver. Right. Christopher Brooks is almost a non-factor. He gets a, a, a gimme carry in the red zone for the touchdown. But now you have Miles Davis, this emerging candidate to be RB1. I don't know, does he have the size? Does he have the stamina? Does he have the technique to be your number one back full-time now? 
I guess we're going to find out. But if I'm Kalani Sataki, Jake, I'm going running back by committee for the rest of the year. Yeah, and I and I think that the 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 only way you're not going to go running back by committee the rest of the year is if Miles was to just be outright better than these other guys. Like if Miles was to just step up and like in and take control of the situation. That that is the only way that that you're not running back by committee. And I, and frankly, I would love to see it. I think mentality is one of the biggest problems in that running back room. Like. I love, you know, Christopher Brooks and his his body and his game and everything, but the fact is is the mentality's not correct. Like you got to be willing to get the football from Jaron and smash the A gap, man. You got to go in there with some speed and some intent and some want to. And that's kind of what I feel like is lacking out of out of the the running back room at BYU sometimes. It's just like, all right, ho hum, like we're just going to kind of, you know, jog up into the A gap here and we'll see what happens. Like, that's not what you can do. Like, you have to have intent. You got to be mean about it. And that's what I hope. You know, I don't know if Miles is that guy or not, but I hope that one of these guys is that guy. That's what they need right now. Well, we're going to find out. I mean, it, it is clearly one of these situations where you have to identify what is what is best for the club going forward. You're a 24-and-a-half-point favorite. It's a huge number, bro. On a Thursday, that's I mean, thing. on paper, they're better, but I, I agree with you. This is not an on-paper kind of game. No. not 24-and-a-half on a Thursday night is a Against huge Utah number. Against Utah State. Like, I think a lot of people outside the state of Utah are like, oh, yeah, it's, you know, it's at Lavelle, it's Utah State. They're going to smash these guys. And while I agree they're going to win handily, Utah State is never as easy as that. Utah State is never, you know, just going to roll over and not give BYU their absolute best to the point where they're breaking people's legs and stuff. Like, we know what Utah State is. We know what that program's been about. We know that they had all these issues, you know, in week one and two with the fans and everything that they dealt with with that. Like, we know what's going on there. So that's why I say this this is not a joke of a game, in my opinion. This is one that you do have to take seriously. Yeah, and I, I think looking at... <laughs> Looking at the fact, A, Utah State loses again to UNLV. Like, if you're Utah State, aren't you just pissed off? Like, you just walk around all day pissed off. I don't even know what you say. Um, I mean, Logan Bonner threw five interceptions. Dude. Against UNLV, bro. They've um, lost three straight. They beat UConn. They've lost three straight to Alabama, Weber, and UNLV. Yeah. And you've given up 20, 55, 35, and 34. It's really despicable. I, I, like, what? I have no idea what is going on with Utah State. But I, I will maintain what I said last week, and I know a bunch of BYU fans hopped on my Twitter and were ripping me for it. This Utah State game is a dangerous, dangerous game. Yeah. This is a dangerous game especially from what we saw and it's just going to be interesting to see how how they handle it because you know here on the Monty show presented by the Utah advocates um yeah I think we've been pretty clear about this I BYU doesn't need much adversity to tank their season no and now you feel like you have some adversity you have significant injury concerns across that defensive front seven. Puka and Gunner are clearly injury issues. You don't have a number one running back. I mean, it, it just feels like you are in turmoil. And I, I guess the biggest question is, if you look at the BYU schedule now, yeah, how many losses do you see on that schedule remaining? I mean, you've got one now to Oregon. When this season's over, how many losses 
will BYU have? We'll talk about that in 30 seconds after we hear from the advocates. You just can't comprehend how much energy there is in a collision like that. This vehicle was coming towards me, and it swerved over into my lane and hit me head on. Spent nine days in the hospital. There was just no way I was going to be able to do all of what needed to be done on my own. I called the advocates, and we got the paperwork started then and there. They were able to do things for me that I couldn't have done myself. If someone I knew got in an accident, I would tell them to contact the advocates. Absolutely. If you're in an accident, get to utahadvocates.com. Talking BYU and Utah football right now on the Monty Show. Both teams going to win this weekend, but it feels like a loss as Dalton Kincaid uh, becomes your number one target for the Utes with Brant Keithy injured. And you have questions across the board for BYU. I want to play this bite from Kalani Sataki talking about um, Chris Brooks because I think this is a big deal. Christopher Brooks essentially was a non-factor, even though he gets a touchdown. I think most of us would agree Christopher Brooks was simply a non-factor in the running the game. The plan was to see who can get the hot hand, and Miles felt, you know, A-Rod and the offense felt good with Miles running the ball. And, you know, we just, we'll, we'll do it by committee right now and see who's who's going to get us the best chance to get the, this run game going. Uh, we needed something, something to go. The last two weeks wasn't good enough, and uh, you can only blame the O-line for so long, so... You know, the challenge is for all those guys to step up and make plays and find a way to protect the football, ball security, and then find ways to make runs and find ways to puncture. Wow. Did you hear what he said there? Hmm. You can only blame the offensive line for so long. Doesn't make you feel responsible. I I mean, I don't think. Like, I think that's a really honest answer. I don't think this is the O-line's fault. No. I don't think this running conundrum has been. The O-line's fault. I settle this right now. I think there is a lack of chemistry in the running game. And, you know, somebody said um, that Boyd Lake, of course Boyd Lake said it, uh, Jaron Hall is BYU's key to success. Yeah. I totally agree. This offense goes as he goes. And I think that Jaron's going to have to will them to some wins. And as we talked about a minute ago, how many wins or how many losses will this team have? Right. Right now, I think they're, you know, if if I'm sitting here, they're going to beat Utah State. They're not covering 24 and a half. They're going to beat Utah State. I think they're going to beat Notre Dame in Las Vegas. They're going to lose to Arkansas, which will be two. I think they're going to lose at Liberty, which will be three. I think they come back home and they beat East Carolina. I think they beat Boise. I think they beat Utah Tech, and I think they they lose to Stanford at Stanford. So, so I think losses. they're a four loss team. Yeah, I mean that's totally realistic. I, I yeah, I don't. I, I could totally see that happening. I guess I just disagree in the games that they're going to lose. Like I, I I'm not nearly as confident in that Notre Dame win. I think that it really depends on where this team's at health wise. Like I could easily see the Utah State game being a game where you just get your ass beat the whole game, but you win the game. Like it's a physical, just Utah State saying, "Hey, it's a we're Utah out to State game." Yeah, it's a know, Utah it's U- State yeah, BYU exactly. Game. Like yeah. you know, for anybody who watches football in the in in the state of Utah, you know what that means. And I, and I think that that that. Um, you know, when you look at that schedule, like let's say you sustain another injury against Utah State, then you're going to Vegas. Jesse Harsh and company will be there. Congratulations, bud. Um, you know, but you go to Vegas and you you play that game. Who who have you lost? Who's still healthy? Who's available? You know, Jaron, you know, you know, has been healthy. He's been available. He's played really well this season. So, you know, assuming he's available and you don't have quarterback issues, 
I think you're in that game. You're exactly right. But I don't know, man. I just think that it's it's a lot to expect them to beat Notre Dame. So my thing would be they would lose to Notre Dame. You'd beat Liberty. And then I think the rest of the way is kind of the same of what, what you were talking about there. I don't know, man. I, I think... I think this this BYU team does a couple of things well. Mm -hmm. They're turning into a team that relies on the big play. They're turning into a team that needs the home run to win. Keanu Hill every week. The one thing that we're seeing is they're not a ball possession team because they haven't been able to run the ball. Yeah. And if Miles Davis brings that ability, that's great. The one thing this team can't turn into is a pure RPO offense where Jaron's keeping the ball a lot more. Yeah. That has historically been a recipe for 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 disaster. So I think if this team's going to win games, I think Jaron Hall's going to have to throw them to victory. Yeah, well, and I think that, you know, in prior seasons of Jaron Hall's career, that would be a concern. But this season, clearly he's developed and clearly he's better and in, in, in very much capable of of doing that. My biggest thing with the throwing game is, is kind of what you were saying. Like, you can't just be big play reliant. Like, I need to see, you know, spreading the ball around. Like, it's kind of what is going on in Kansas City with the Chiefs, right? Going into this season, not having Tyree kill, the the mindset was, well, we're going to have to spread it around and we can't have pride in this wide receiver room. I kind of feel like it's the same thing at BYU as long as as Puka and Gunner are out. And and I I would assume that that's still a couple weeks out. Like I I don't think that those guys are going to be back. I would like, say so. Like I don't I don't think that we can sit here and be like, yeah, Puka's definitely going to be back. No, he's not going to be back. You're you're going to be lucky to have Puka for Notre Dame. I think you'll have Gunner for Notre Dame, but I don't know about Puka. And so my I point would be here, shocked if they did. Yeah, my point is you you got to you got to have a game plan where you're able to spread the football around. But again, this brings me back to the same point, and this is why guys like Miles Davis are so damn important because you need a back that can set the tone early in the game. Hey, we're going to run it on you. We're going to pound the rock, and then that will open the pass game. But until they can do that, I just think it's a lot to expect Jaron to be able to pass them to victories consistently. M. Morris, good morning to you. Says, at home, BYU has a chance against Arkansas. Notre Dame would get beat by Wyoming. Notre Dame would not get beat by Wyoming. Um, Notre Dame is a work in progress. We. Yeah. Well, because you're on the team. We. Right. Got the win over the weekend. Wow, Dad. Wow. But, you know, I I also think there was an interesting – oh, and I should have had this ready. My apologies. There was an interesting stat in that game that I think really stands out. If 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 you are a BYU fan and you did not see BYU in, in, or excuse me, Notre Dame and North Carolina. UNC. Um, Notre Dame was 8 of 14 on third down. Mm-hmm. One of the things plaguing this BYU defense is third down efficiency. Keep it real. And yeah, I think when you look at Notre Dame, Notre Dame is a very conservative offensive team. Right? I think there's no question when you look at Pine and you look at the 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 Notre Dame offense and you look at how balanced they are running the football. They you want to talk about running back by committee. Uh from Estime to Tyree Diggs, like Drew Pine carried it six times. Like you look at their offense, they average eight point five yards per reception. Yeah. They're not an explosive offense. They are completely opposite of what BYU does. Notre Dame wants to control the football in march down the field on you. Mm-hmm. If BYU can somehow get running back by committee to work the way that Notre Dame has it, 
And they're going to need Christopher Brooks to hit the right hole. I mean, the problem has been that Chris has just not run the offense. He doesn't, I'm not going to say he doesn't know the offense, but he's not running the, he's not executing his job. Not he's not doing nature. his job. Yeah, it's not second nature. Hey, where's, where, where, you know, where am I looking for the cutback? Because the truth is, in, a, in the running game, the hole is in a different spot every time. Like, it's not exactly the same spot on the field. I know that that's rocket science, right? Like, it's in a different spot. So, as a running back, you're looking in general areas for that hole to develop. Now, whether that hole is, you know, a sliver or whether that's a Grand Canyon is not really up to you. It's just your job to go ahead and get through it. And so, to me... I look at I look at Miles Davis. I look at Christopher Brooks. Like I, I look at that. I, I even guys like Jackson McChesney. Like these guys that like a Jackson McChesney is probably Give him not the gonna, ball. You know, right now he's probably not going to get a lot of the ball. But I I agree. Give the guy the ball. See what he can do. Even if it's three carries a game, what's wrong with that? So, to me, until you find a number one, no doubt about it, running back that can just punish a defense. You have to do some soul searching. You got to go through and figure out, do we have that guy on the team? And is that a guy that we haven't given opportunity to? That's what I think you got to do these next couple of weeks because, yeah, I mean, being a four-loss team heading into the Big 12 is not ideal at all. That's not what you were hoping no. for. But, you know, if you can somehow find, even if you were to give a guy like McChesney five carries and you saw – just a glimmer, just like, hey, yeah, we could give this guy, you know, four or five carries a game just to spell our other two. That, to me, well, is still Well, I mean, a he's got to be healthy, though. I mean, McChesney, the issue is we still don't know what's wrong with him. Yeah. And, but, and I, I'm i not trying to ring alarm bells, but at some point, BYU's got to stop stacking injuries. I mean, yeah. this is every year now. You feel like there is a, an overwhelming amount of injuries, and thankfully, the offensive line has not been included in this. Uh, or, or although, you know, Kingsley goes out, um, in that game limping off with a knee, but I, I think, you know, largely BYU on a year in year out basis, we're always using, you know, injuries as an excuse. It's just not an excuse anymore. It's a reality. Every team in college football, the NFL, everybody deals with injuries because football hurts, man. Yeah. It, it is what it is. And if you want to become a national power, and if you want to, you know, drink the blue Kool Aid and think you're going to win Big Twelve championships, mm -hmm. you better build depth. That's the, that's the bottom line. Because I got news for you: watching the Big Twelve, that's a really good football league. And if you look at the 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 top of that league now, granted Oklahoma took a terrible loss this weekend, but mm -hmm. you look at the best teams in that league; they're all deep, and BYU is not. And we're learning that the hard way, especially on that defensive line. They've got to get better. And you look at the running game, and the running game is it's simple. Miles Davis is not here if Jackson McChesney is healthy. Right. That's the bottom line. But now he is here. And now you're gonna have to respect what he did against Wyoming until he 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 shows you he's not worthy of that. Yes. But Christopher Brooks is the guy you want to be your your RB one. There's there is in my mind, Jake. There's no doubt about. Well, that. and I think it's become this whole situation where it's like now this is like a talking point for the program. Like, hey, you brought this guy in, and you know he was a special talent, and he hasn't quite found his stride yet. It hasn't quite worked out, and then all of a sudden you roll out against Wyoming, and he gets. What did you say? He had like two carries or whatever the hell it was, like or you know whatever his numbers were. Ten like, yards in that one of them was that six-yard touchdown run. Yeah, like he just he wasn't very present against Wyoming, and so I don't know. Is the thought, hey, sitting him down and giving him very few carries will wake him up? It, like 
I don't know. I, I would love to know. I guess, I guess my point is I would love to know what the struggle is for him. Is it is it you don't know where the cutback, cutback lane is supposed to be? Is it you don't know where the hole is supposed to be? Or is it that you're just not that guy? I don't know. You're not playing reaction football. You are not letting your instincts guide your feet. Yeah. He is overthinking it. You can tell that. And I think that the we've talked about this ad nauseum with Chris Brooks as we talk BYU football here on the Monty Show, presented by the Advocates Utah Injury Attorneys, UtahAdvocates.com. I, I, I think the one thing that's very clear is that Christopher Brooks is not playing instinctual football. When you are not comfortable in an offense, you cannot, you cannot, and in any way, shape, or form, you cannot just play free. You are thinking, and when you are thinking, you are running slower. When you are running slower, you are not as productive. Christopher Brooks, if he's at Cal right now, is taking the ball and letting his instincts carry him. Yeah, That's why you see Miles Davis looks more free. He looks more reactionary. Christopher Brooks is just not there in this offense, and this is one of the demons of the transfer portal. As you bring new guys into an offense, it takes them time to assimilate, and that's exactly what Christopher Brooks is dealing with. The, the BYU fan Saturday that continues to say Christopher Brooks sucks or he doesn't suck. The guy is in a completely new environment. Yeah. And he's trying to learn a completely new offense, a completely new run scheme, an all-line scheme, new offensive linemen. Like, can I – I cannot tell you, and we should ask we – sh we should ask – Harris about this on Wednesday when Harris LaChance joins us thanks to our friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Offensive linemen play with running backs. And when you know what that running back is going to do, it makes your job that much easier. Yeah, BYU offensive linemen don't know what he's going to do. So when he's back there and a run play is called, they're second-guessing their, their actions. And I, I, I think that's been the issue. You would hope by now, week four, Things would have smoothed over or gotten better. They have not. Yeah. Miles Davis comes into the offense. Well, and again, what did Kalani say? Hey, you can only blame the offensive line for so long. So what's I'm he really you, saying? That this is a back problem. It is not the offensive line. You are getting good, not great offensive line play. I agree that guys need to hold their blocks a little longer, be assignment sound on the offensive line. Sure. Christopher Brooks has just not found his sea legs in this offense. Yes. That's the issue. Stop saying that guys, well, they suck. You don't play running back at BYU and suck. You know? I mean, I, I that drives me crazy. Yeah. It's a cop-out answer. It is. It's a it cop-out. It is. And you're not yeah. benching him, but you have got to give other guys an opportunity because that's what's best for the football team. Yes. You can't worry about what's best for Puka Nakua. You've got to worry about what's best for the football team. Yes. And that goes for Chris Brooks or Miles Davis or anybody else on this roster. That's Kalani's job. And what's best for you is to stop grinding on those side hustles and get to TridayTrading.com slash Monty. See that? That was that was, that was, some, that that was, was some of your best material right there. That, that, I mean, that was some of your best material. That's what's best for you. TridayTrading.com slash Monty. We've been telling you about the guys at Triday Trading for a couple of weeks now. Um, I cannot speak highly enough about what our, our viewers have told us and what our listeners have told us about their experience with those guys. Um, we have several of our listeners that are going through the program and they love it. And the thing that I would tell you is don't take their word for it. Get involved now because TridayTrading.com is absolutely your side hustle that you can scale into a full-time career. And Jake, I think one of the things that you and I have learned over the last five years 
is that when you're constantly switching side hustles, there's not a whole lot of productivity in that. Yeah, well, it's like having 10 running backs in the room and not having one that can hit the A-gap. See, see what he did there? See what this I did is there? Why. This, this is why. This is why sports and tri-day trading. You, you see it you all know. kind of goes together. So the point is, is that when you're trying different side hustles and it doesn't work out, you know, you, you, you don't really have anything. You're just putting time and effort and energy into things that aren't working. So that gets frustrating. And then you're like, damn, I could have spent that time with my kids or I could have spent my, that time on something that didn't work doing something that I that I really enjoy or love to do or, you know, need to do. I mean, we all have responsibilities outside of our job. And so the thing with Triday that I that I just keep, you know, hammering home is that is that they're not just saying, hey, here's a pile of money, go and go and do your best. They're not saying Good that. Good luck. Yeah, they're not saying that. What they're saying is, hey, go to the website, tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Watch the webinar. That's step one because the webinar, the reason the webinar matters and we keep talking about it is because once you watch the webinar, you can make a decision. Hey, is this for me or is this not for me? So when we talk about wasting time, Triday Trading values your time, which Absolutely. is why they have the webinar. So make your decision there. If yeah. you decide to go forward, now what they're saying is, hey, we have a program that we believe in so much that we're going to let you go through the program and we're going to teach you how to do this. And then we're going to give you our money to trade with until you feel comfortable using your own money. And if you lose, it doesn't cost you anything. Well, and the cool thing is you really do get high-level coaching at tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Yes. And that's what you're going to learn in the in the, the free webinar. And again, it's free. It's no obligation. It costs you nothing. Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Register. Watch the webinar and make a decision. Yeah. Because you deserve better. Your family deserves better. We talk about it every day on this show that we grind on a daily basis. And the 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 thing that I love about Triday Trading is they're us, they're you. They're a local business. They're in Lehigh. Ryan and the guys set up their business in Lehigh. Yes. They are Utahns. They are huge jazz fans. And they're grinding to make a living doing the things that they're passionate about, which is day trading. And you could do the same thing. Stop paying somebody else to go to work every day, right? Because that's what you're doing. You're giving money away to that paycheck. It's the drug they give you to make you forget about your dreams. That every other week paycheck you're getting, yes, they pay you that money so you won't go and chase your dream. Your $100,000 paycheck, let's say, let's just say you make $100,000. Let's use a nice, easy number. That's $273 a day. You really think that 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 you can't you can't replicate that income? Out of a fully built-out program that's got hundreds, probably at this point, $273 a day. Is $100,000 over the course of a year. You can't live on that. Yeah. Do better. Be better for your family. And trust me when I say you can do that and way more at TridayTrading.com slash Monty. TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Do it, man. Just give it a chance. I, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on it. I'm absolutely in on it. All right, let's get some of your uh, comments in here as we talk uh, BYU, Utah, and college football. Uh, Dan Davis says Michigan forfeited a loss to UCLA. Wouldn't even play the game. They wanted to play Hawaii and UConn. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. But okay. Uh, Mike Phillips says, with a few uh, rare exceptions, both these teams underachieve every year. That's in quotes because the reality is they're just not very good. Uh, I would totally disagree. I think that when you look at, at Utah, Utah won the Pac-12 last year, played for played played in the Rose Bowl, took Ohio State, who's the number three team in the country, to the line. Was moments away. I mean, come on. Uh, I I don't I don't think that. And I think for BYU, you I mean certainly 
we can't none of us can sit here and deny that the only reason the Big 12 has interest is because of what BYU has done over probably the last three seasons, four seasons, you know? So that's why I say, like, let's not sit here and say that they're not very good. Like, they may not be Alabama, you know, Ohio State, you know, Georgia good, but these are two quality programs, and these are two programs that really should get and find a new home as far as, you know, the Pac-12 and all that's concerned, and obviously BYU with the Big 12. Yep. M. Morris says the running game worked when Nakua was in the game. Well, I, I think that's been the key the whole season. You haven't had the explosive weapons on the outside to loosen up the linebackers of, of Oregon or to loosen up the linebackers of Wyoming. And when, when teams like Wyoming, and by the way, I think it's really important to point this out, Wyoming does not suck. I mean, that is a big, physical, bruising football team that wants to suck the life out of you. Yeah. And when you can't get the ball down the field, that's what's going to happen. Um, I think you bring in Puka. I think I think he'll loosen them up with big plays. I mean, I think one of the things that, that really mattered, that catch by Isaac Rex on the sideline was a huge play in this game. Yeah. <laughs> I think it really matters, man. So yeah. you have to get, and this is why Dallin Holker is such a head-scratcher. Right, I mean, it like, what is it that you didn't see in the offense that you felt like? That's why I say like it was disappointing. The kid didn't want to fight for his job, and oh, by the way, he still hasn't answered a text message asking him for comment. Yeah. He doesn't want to be accountable. Yeah, he does not want to be accountable, and so that's what's so confusing about this offense. Is I agree with you. The offense is better with with Puka on the field. Gunnar Romney accomplishes the same thing. You've got to have the explosive play up top to loosen up the opponent linebackers. And that's, I'm telling you right now, that's a key to victory against Notre Dame. There is absolutely no doubt about that. Yeah. That is a key to victory against Notre Dame. Xavier Pena, what's up, my guy? He says, I tried telling you they were always, uh, they were always be Utah's little brother. Well, frankly, who's having a better season? Well, um, I, I'm going to tell you it's BYU. It's not a thing of they'll always be Utah's little well, and brother. And I think this this whole concept, like the little brother thing, is always going to be alive and well for BYU and Utah fans. Like it's always going to be talked about. But but I have to be honest. And again, you need to understand. Like I I don't I, I don't know if Xavier, you're a little bit newer to the show or whatever. No disrespect, but we're not from Utah. We're not BYU or Utah fans. We are football fans. We are we are fans of the game. And I think that. When you when you look at the situation um, in the state of Utah right now, the fact is BYU has a ton of momentum. They're heading into the Big Twelve. They're 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 talented. They've had quarterback after quarterback prospect. Like you're in a great place. Are they better than Utah? I don't know. Ask me when Utah tries to join the Big Twelve and we get the Holy War every year. I don't know. You know, but to sit here and say that BYU is the little brother of Utah, I think is. I just disagree with it. That's what I'll say. I just disagree with that notion. It drives me crazy, frankly. It, it does because, oh, yeah, exactly. See, Jeremy Bolton, damn it, I love you. Let's hug. Um, the, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Let's. Jeremy Bolton says, let's just admit how freaking good Jaron Hall is and how hot his mom is. As BYU fans, we're lucky to have him. Well. I am telling you now that Jaron Hall, and this is the the thing that we do. Jaron Hall is remarkable. He is, I mean, the improvement, I said it last week, the improvement that we've seen. Think about what we were saying about Jaron Hall during the summer. He's, better execution. he's not that guy because he can't stay healthy. You can't count on him. You can't believe in him. 
now you can count on him. He's stayed healthy. He's that guy. Like he is playing smarter, better football. And you look at Cam Rising. I think you compare Cam Rising and Jaron Hall. And Jake, I don't see any way that you take Cam Rising over Jaron Hall. I think he is by far the best quarterback in the state, Jaron. Well, and here's the thing. I, I think with Jaron, one of my biggest complaints personally was that he made bad decisions in the running game as a quarterback. Like one of the big things last year where he made a mistake was that play at the goal line against ASU where he took a beating and was out and then wasn't able to play full strength against Baylor. Like we all remember that storyline. Yeah. So when I look at, when I look at, Jaron versus Cam, I have to say Jaron's deep ball is on par, if not better than Cam Rising's deep ball right now, you know, and we already know what kind of athlete Jaron is. So I'm not, I don't think that Jaron is head and shoulders better than Cam, but what I am going to say is I do think he edges him out a little bit. I think, you know, his deep ball is really good. Run game decisions have been much better this year. You haven't seen him running nearly as much, but he has when he's needed to, which I think they both do really well. I just think Jaron's the better athlete of the two. Um, I think that the leadership that 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 Cam has shown over the last two seasons yeah. is huge. And I think that while Cam has gone through a ton of adversity, quite a bit more than Jaron's had to go through, I think they both lead the football, their unique teams uh, or their respective teams, really well. So I don't love having the Jaron versus Cam conversation, but if you ask me who I'd take, I'd probably have to go with Jaron. Well, and I, I think it's it's pretty simple why I take Jaron Hall. He has got – this is why. This this can, 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 this is this is why. Sorry, go ahead. My bad. Here's why <laughs> I take Jaron. Just Hall. take a dice and AC. Okay? Because Just I'm a BYU. Last. I'm a BYU homer. That no, I'm kidding. How cold is the blue Kool Aid today? Uh, I mean, man, I'll tell you <laughs> what. Uh, you know, um, the reason that I take Jaron Hall over Cam Rising is is very simple: the ability to make explosive plays, and I I think that that's what's required in the modern day. NFL, and I think that's what is required in modern-day college football. Jaron Hall is able to be explosive with his legs and his arm. Yes, Cam Rising is the same. Jaron Hall is one of the best deep ball throwers in college football. I look at the accuracy, the, the outside shoulder throws that Jaron Hall is making, the intelligence with which he is making those throws, ball placement, his total game, the time that he has very clearly spent with John Beck improving coaching, working, that's all paid incredible dividends. I, I think Jaron Hall is playing the best football in the state. And I and I think we are we are very lucky to have two guys. And I take Logan Bonner out of this conversation now, you by have the way. To. You have right? to. I, and, and you I, absolutely have yeah, to. I don't even think I'm being a hater with that. I think when you look at when you look at the way that that this season has played out for Utah State, it's an absolute disaster. Yeah. And again, I think when you look at what these two quarterbacks and Cam Rising and Jaron Hall are doing. They're very close. I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah. They're leaders, they're performers, and they're teammates. Yeah. And those three things are really critical factors from the quarterback on any successful team. Mm -hmm. And I think you're getting that at a very high level. Logan Bonner cannot throw five interceptions against UNL. Well said. I mean, you you can't. Yeah. It's you cannot do that. Well, and I think the problem is is that it's five interceptions on the heels of the fan thing and the booing thing yes. and like criticizing your program. And like, it just is, it's frustrating when you're, when you're in the position Utah state is in, because you don't get the same opportunity recruiting that Utah gets or that BYU gets right. You have to fight for 
everything that you get. Not that those two programs don't, right? Like BYU and Utah work their ass off to recruit, no doubt about it. But if we're just being honest about it, Utah State is 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 having to pick through the secondary talent that BYU and Utah and other, you know, P5s have already gone through. So, to me, if I'm looking at this season for Utah State and I'm Logan Bonner, I'm like, "Damn, dude, like we've just had a rough go of it here, but this is precisely why I say this 24 and a half point spread for BYU versus Utah State's a problem because I'm telling you if you're any kind of athlete, if you're any kind of competitor, if you're any kind of football player, you're not going to the Lavelle Edwards Stadium as, quote, the little brother in the state, because that is what Utah State is. You are the little brother as far as football programs are concerned. You're not going to Lavelle just to kind of walk up and play a football game. You're going there to hurt some feelings. And that's why I say injury management's your biggest concern, not actually winning the football game if you're BYU. That's what I'm concerned about. Yep, totally agree. Uh, football 50 in five minutes. We'll get back to the NFL in this Tua Tonga Vailoa concussion. Uh, make sure you check out our good friends at Barbecue Pit Stop, barbecuepitstop.com. Worked out the Traeger yesterday, Dude, Jake. Now, and my God. Now, I mean, now listen. Yeah. I did something because I didn't want to hurt your feelings yesterday. And if you watch the show, you know, <laughs> you know that on this show, if you have testosterone and you have blood in your veins, and you are a man who likes, you know, dogs and football. You eat drumettes. Do you even lift? If you're a cat guy and you're more of a guy that goes bird watching, like Jake, you eat flats. Obviously not. But yesterday, as a man and as a father, and Jake is and my as a son, true leader of the program. Thank you. As yeah. as a better version of Jaron Hall than Jaron Hall, I knew. Are we clear I, on that? I had to step up and eat some flats yesterday. Yeah, it's sort of a natural reflex. Now, honestly, I went downstairs and and you know I've I contemplated vomiting. I did not. Right. Only because I did not want to waste the best seasoning I think I've ever had on a wing, dude. What's the name of that seasoning? Asada. Asada seasoning. Asada seasoning. The best seasoning I have ever had on a wing. Asada seasoning from Barbecue Pitstop. Yes. It was. Amazing. So I said, yeah. Amazing. As I watched the Chicago Bears, Meyer and we, the Chicago Bears, Ditka and Jimmy Mack, Walter Payton, he's dead. The point is, no break. I ate wings and watched the Chicago Bears win a football game. All hail the 46, Buddy Ryan defense. The point is, with the, I don't know why I'm talking like that, the Asada seasoning, amazing. (laughs) Get to any of Utah five locations for barbecue pit stop, Leighton, Logan, Lehigh, uh, St. George, and of course our good friends in Murray, Salt Lake City. Ask him for the Asada seasoning. I mean, it's it, it Clinton. It's bomb, dude. Clinton down at the Lehigh store. Mont, you got to try this. This is one. <laughs> we roll up. We roll up for the BYU ticket giveaway. What was that? Uh, two weekends ago now. And he's like, "Hey, are you know you guys cooking the wings, or are we cooking the wings, or, or what's yeah. the game plan?" I'm like, "Hey." You're Clinton from Barbecue Pit Stop. Let's see what you got. Dude rolls up with a full table in like, you know, you know that paper they use yeah. on, on meats. He just dumps out like all 150 Max, yep. wings butcher, that we. Butcher block paper. Yeah, yeah butcher, butcher block paper. paper. Dude dumps out a massive pile of wings and just starts dumping Asada seasoning on these wings. And Ever then since then, dude. arranges them neatly on the paper. And he's like, you got to let them rest. You got to let the seasoning bring, you know, you crisp And up. what I appreciated was how genuine he was. He was not kidding. He was like, hey, dude. Don't touch these wings. Relax. They need to rest. Relax. Chill out. Let the let the seasoning break down the the fats in the in the wings. It was amazing. <laughs> Asada seasoning. 
Yes. Go to barbecuepitstop.com. Get the Asada seasoning. Ask the guys on the the Barbecue Pit Stop website about it. Barbecuepitstop.com and Logan Leighton Lehigh. Hello. Logan Leighton Lehigh, St. George, and of course our good friends in Murray. Get it now. By the way, you can also buy a trigger, Ironwood 885. Man, it um, comes through every time. Ooh, so close. The best wings so close, yesterday. Dude. The so best close. wings. Yeah. This dude, is why I'm fat. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is why. This is why. Okay, football 50 in two minutes. Ken Williams says, no, BYU shouldn't beat Utah State by 30. They're a 24-and-a-half-point favorite. No, he's saying they should. No, no BYU should Should. Beat. Oh, no, they're not covering 24. Stop. I don't know. Yeah, Stop I it. mean, I just can't see it. This It's the wagon wheel. It's Taysom's ankle. What are you talking about? Oh. Uh, no, I'm serious. Uh, Kendall Dean says, guys, BYU O-line uh, uh, has zero push off the ball against Baylor and Oregon. I totally disagree. I think in the second half of the Baylor game, I've watched that Baylor game multiple times. So I thought BYU's offensive line got better and better and better as the time went on in that game. Okay. Oregon, they got crushed against. Everybody got crushed against Oregon. I, I want people to remember something. So remember when Marshawn was in his prime for the Seahawks? You knew the ball was going to Marshawn. There was never a doubt about it. You don't know who that guy is in the backfield. Yeah, can the O-line get better push? Absolutely. That's always going to be something that Harris and the boys work on, right? But yeah. let's not sit here and sugarcoat it. This running back room needs to get it going. Yes. It's it's time. We're, it's week five now we're heading into. Like, let's go. Yep, totally agree. I, I think the I think the offensive line has been fine. Uh, Xavier Pena says, remember when BYU had Max Hall and Austin Collie? BYU will never change they bombed Utes that se- they bombed the Utes that season. Well, maybe it was good to see Max Hall back at the yard. By yeah. the way, always good to see him. Um, Ken says this game is a trap game for BYU. 100%. I've only been saying that for how many you weeks have. now? You have. 100%. It is absolutely. Yeah. Jeremy Bolton says, "LOL, trap games isn't every game a trap game." It is. It. I. 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 I don't know about every game, but there's a lot of games on your schedule that are trap games. Tell me, Liberty and, and Dixie State, Utah Tech are not trap games. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, let's see. Ryan Buckley. Brant is a big loss. Thomas Yasmin is that guy. Utah is depth at tight end. Well, Dallin Holker is probably going to be depth at tight end next year. I mean, I, I, I don't know who steps up. You know, I mean, I, Money Parks is a guy that I want to see more from for the Utes. Like, I want more Money Parks from Utah. Yeah. And it was really good to see him have that catch. I need more of that because as the weeks go on and I understand that Devon Bailey stepped up and he's gotten bigger and better. I, I totally understand that. I need more from other guys. Right. I, I truly need more. And I, I don't know what that looks like necessarily, but you know, as we get into football, 50 presented by uh, Papa Murphy's pizza, Papa Murphy's pizza.com use the promo code Monty 25 M O N T Y Monty 25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. I, I just want more from the wide receivers at Utah. That's what it really comes down Any to. Any football player knows what that means. Let's go. You got to step up. Like, I, And I love Dalton Kincaid. He's going to be a weapon. He's going to be a, a, you know, a linchpin, if you will, a, a pillar of this offense, Dalton Kincaid now. I just don't know what you do at the wide receiver here because Devon Vele feels like he should be better than he is. Solomon Enos should be better than he is. Maybe they just don't have that guy. But when we talk about quarterbacks in the passing game and why does Utah not have Heisman Trophy quarterbacks, this is why. 
because they don't throw the ball all over the yard. Yeah. And I, I still maintain it's the one Achilles heel in, in Kyle Whittingham's resume is that he has not had elite, consistent quarterback play yep. in his time. I mean, you take Chase Hansen and make him a linebacker in the NFL. I mean, that's who Kyle Whittingham's been. And you have a guy now that can throw, every, make every throw and throw it all over the place, and you still are not a great throwing team. Yeah. I don't know what you do. I want more out of the wide receivers at Utah. That much is very clear. All right. Did Tua Tunga by Loa? How is that pronounced, Tunga Vailoa? Tago by your mama. Uh, did Tua Tunga Vailoa suffer a concussion against Buffalo? You be the judge. And, and I don't know your thoughts on this. Watch his head hit the ground. Uh, watch his hands go to his face mask. Then he gets up, wobble, shakes his head once, shakes his head again, wobble, big time falls down, hands to the head. I don't buy that this is a back injury, which is what they're selling. I don't buy this for a second, Jake, that Tua Tungavailoa has a back injury here. Matt Milano pushes him. He hits his Matt head. Matt Milano. Matt Milano. He hits his head, shakes his head. Like, this is a concussion. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you're selling a pile of garbage that this isn't a concussion. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not trying to be hot take guy, but this is so obviously what it is. Like, you can sit here and say that it was a back injury and back and brain is neuro, you know, neurological or whatever, and that might be true. But, but again, he wouldn't have had an issue if his head didn't hit the ground. I mean, you can clearly see the guy is shook. Like, I don't know why we can't just say, hey, yeah, he got he his bell got rung. He passed the concussion protocol and they let him back in the game because that's what the that, I'm telling you that's what the investigation is, is. going to find. Like, is what it hey, is. Hey, dude got his bell rung. He was able to pass the protocol test. Maybe we need to review that portion. He passed the test. He's back in the game. That's what it was. Is he one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL? No, to a he's not. Of he's not. He's not one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. You're gonna have to show show it for more than you know whatever this is. We're heading into week four, whatever it is. You're gonna have to show me this level of play for you know, eight, nine, ten weeks, because it's your first time doing it. Like, I know, you know, again, you know, Patty Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, like, you know, Josh Allen. I know all these guys can play. How good is Jalen Hurts? I mean, this is a guy right now, Jalen Hurts is completing 67% of his passes, 916 yards, four scores and a pick. Yeah, I mean, you know, those are good numbers. Like four, like four touchdowns to one pick thus far into the season is, is pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. And yeah. I, I think Philadelphia is one of the better stories in the NFL through the quarter coming up to the the quarter pull here. I mean, I, I I just don't think the Eagles are all in on Jalen Hurts. But how do how can you not be? I mean, the guy is actually absolutely balling out. But the other thing you got to remember is there's only one guy in this league with a thousand passing yards, and it's Josh Allen. And no, he's not the best quarterback in the NFL. And I know you want to battle over well, this. What and you, so what, I will come over the there and I will punch you right yeah, in the face. Yeah, what's the edge that Aaron Rodgers has in your mind over Josh Allen? Uh, experience and I think just the ability to make that play every time. Little things that Aaron Rodgers does. And it honestly, I I have a little like frog in my throat. Like I want. Yeah, I can't believe I'm. I want to vomit this, all dude. over this table. I can't believe this right now. But Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL because on third and four, he's pulling you off sides. You know you can't jump offside. You know if you do, it's a first down. He's getting you anyway. It's that snap where you've got too many guys on the field and he's going to snap the ball and get a penalty against yeah, you. Yeah, and Jimmy's running his ass off to get off the field and still can't. It, it is the dime piece. It is the absolute dime piece down the field. 
he's just everything you want in a quarterback in the regular season. I don't want Aaron Rodgers to win me a game in the postseason because I don't know that he can. Yeah. But Aaron Rodgers is an absolute freak in the regular season. Ayahuasca be damned. That guy is the best quarterback in the NFL right now. And the numbers the numbers may not paint that picture, but I look at the guys that, that are ahead of him. Like, have me an argument about Matthew Stafford. I mean... Matthew Stafford's the reigning Super Bowl champion. I'm taking Aaron Rodgers two, three, four times before I ever take Matt Stafford. Yeah. I mean, they both have one Super Bowl. I would put up a big fight that their passing yards for their career are probably pretty close. Like, I don't know, man. I think that Aaron Rodgers is an awesome quarterback. There's no doubt, but he's not a winner. And that's my biggest problem. He can do it all, all season long, and he can win MVP after MVP. But my problem is that I can't count on, on him in big games. Like, it took you everything that you had yesterday to beat Tom Brady with a with a massively injured Bucks That's offense. That's the best defense in the NFL in Tampa. Yeah. Yeah. And he on that first drive he made them look silly. Yeah. That might be true. I mean, that but by the way, that Vita Vey play where he pounded Jones at the goal line. Yeah. Vita Vey dropped out of his defensive tackle position into coverage. Rodgers throws the ball to Jones and Vita Vey blows him up and Jones fumbles. It's yes. an incredible if you haven't seen it, it's an incredible play. So again, best quarterback in the NFL right I'm now taking is Josh Allen, but you're taking Josh yeah. Allen. Okay. Okay. I, I I yeah, I guess we'll agree to disagree. Which is fine. Yeah. We'll we'll you know. Yeah. Best team in the NFL right now. Mm. I don't think there is a best team in the NFL right now, if I'm being honest. It was the Bills before yesterday, but I don't know that there is a best team in the NFL right now. Well, I think if there's a best team in the NFL right now, I mean, Philly's got to be in the conversation. I mean, Philly's there. You probably got to put the Rams in that conversation on some level just because they're the Rams. I think it's Buffalo. If I had to pick one. And this is my problem with the quarterback conversation, too. You know, I love having the conversation. But it's like it was one week, and you did it against a banged-up Bucks team. Like, that's my problem. I look at who the best team in the league is. It's the same logic. Like, hey, it was one week. The Bills are still going to dominate you. You know, they just had a bad week. Yep. I don't disagree with that. I, I – uh, we'll see. We'll see, man. I, I don't know. I think it's a really interesting – it's a really interesting period of time in the NFL. The old guys are fading. The new guys are coming. It's Lamar Jackson, Tua Tungavailoa, Justin Herbert. Yeah, all are, these is guys. That, is that the smoking Joe? Is that the new arms race? We'll see. Joe Burrow actually rebounded pretty well. Football fifty percent to buy Papa Murphy's pizza. No one goes all in on made from scratch freshness like Papa Murphy's. We go all in on quality. All in on craft. And on the triple pep pizza, we go all in on pepperoni. Because when you go all in, people notice. Go all in with a limited time triple pet pizza. Topped with three types of pepperoni for just $11.99. Papa Murphy's. Change the way you pizza. Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase at $25 or more. We tell you right here at the Monte de Casa House of Monte and Monte stuff. Monte de Casa and stuff. Yeah, your mom. Uh, <laughs> that Even your mom likes Papa Murphy's Pizza. Monte 25 to get 25% off your purchase 
of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Monty in the Morning presented by the Advocates, utahadvocates.com. The best injury attorneys in the business. The biggest stories in sports here in Utah this morning without question. Reaction to a massive weekend with a lot, a lot, a lot of implications long-term for Utah and BYU. And I think certainly the biggest story is this Brant Keithy uh, knee injury. And I think, Jake, when you, you listen to Kyle Winningham describe this injury, listen to the words he used when he talks about season ending. Brand Keithy is, is probably the big negative of the game. We'll find out more tomorrow, but it doesn't look good. Uh, and we'll have uh, a report on Monday at the press conference whether or not that's season ending. And uh, it's, uh, I just felt horrible for the kid. Such a, such a great teammate. He's a leader. He's a captain. Uh, came back for another year to, you know, to be with his team and, and help us win. And, so we'll hope for the best. It's not, it's not definitive, but uh, like I said, it doesn't look good. Oh, Brant Keithy looks like he is done for the year. You don't hear Kyle Whittingham talk about, you know, season ending. You don't hear him talk mm-hmm. about and, and the, the things that stand out as he talks about, is it a season ender? And he just raves about Brant Keithy, a captain. He came back and, that's the thing that really stands out to you is you hear the the somber tone of his words. By the way, this is after a win uh, where Brant Keithy catches two balls, injures his knee. They beat Arizona State, and all of a sudden, it's not a win anymore. Yeah. And I think that's the really the, the odd part about this Victory Monday here on the Monty Show is that you get wins for Utah and BYU, and it just doesn't feel like it. Yeah. And I, I don't know how you replace – Brant Keithy in that lineup. I, I don't know that you do. I, obviously, you don't. Somebody else is going to catch footballs. So there's no doubt about that. This right. team's going to continue to play. You do not replace Brant Keithy in that lineup. I, 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 Jake, I just don't. Leadership, tenacity, presence, ability. Like, there's just what no way I do to without you. Yeah, there's no way to replicate what he brings. Yeah, I mean, I you know couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, I, I that's spot on. I think that that the the issue is now that. I don't know what you have behind the guy. I mean, I, I again, I, I I think Devon Vele is improving, you know, as far as wide receivers and tight ends are concerned. I think that, you know, you have some names, but again, it's this whole concept of guys got to step up and prove themselves now, and you don't exactly have breathing room to take a couple of weeks and figure it out. I mean, you're into Pac-12 play now, and you're playing for a Pac-12 championship. Like, that's the expectations for the Utes. So, again, you know, seemingly every season we talk about Kyle Whittingham and his coaching ability and his ability to bring his team along again he's going to need to do he's going to need to pull some of that magic out of the hat again this year because i think the problem is is not just on the field when you lose a guy like Brent it's it's in the locker room it's the feel of your team it's the vibe like those guys are just centerpieces of everything that you do so i don't know how they replace that yeah you don't that's how you replace it. You don't. And, yeah. oh, I think that's a great point. Tom Basilius says, rising, going to be forced to trust the rest of the team. Better get to work on that timing. Agreed. I mean, you got to develop guys quickly now. And yeah. we always hear about, you know, Utah, you know, you know, they recruit better. They develop better. That Well, we're going to find out right now because anytime you lose, you know, a, a linchpin of your offense – and you you certainly would describe Brand Keithy as that. I mean, he is your go-to guy. We're going to find out how much depth you have. You know, I think that's a, that's a huge question mark now as to who steps into that. And again, I want more out of the wide receivers at Utah. Certainly, you know, with Oregon State coming in at noon on Saturday, 
Um, you look at the expectations on that game uh, with Utah being a, an 11-point favorite against Oregon State Saturday at noon. This is time to show how much depth you have. Yeah. And I, I, I still maintain that Devon Vele, there's more in that tank. I don't know how you get it out. You got to find it. There's there's more in, in, in him, Enos. So Vele, Enos. Um, I think certainly Money Parks is a guy that we're all still sitting here waiting and hoping on. Yeah. Um, is this where Money Parks makes his stand? Is this where he comes out? I mean, obviously, Dalton Kincaid's going to be your number one. There's no doubt about that. By the way, I also think it's very interesting now that you're, you know, Tavion Thomas sits out the first half of that game at ASU. You're wondering why. Is it a suspension? Is it whatever it might be? Comes in, runs for 60 yards, but breaks his string of running for touchdowns in games. Yeah. You know, and, and Jaquinton Jackson now becomes a full-time running back, according to, to Kyle Whittingham. What does that mean for Micah Bernard? Like, I, I just think there's a lot of questions, again, about this offense at Utah. And it's, it, it is always a question offensively for Kyle Whittingham football teams is to why are we not more explosive? Why are we not more throw throw heavy? Why are yes. we, you know, like all of these questions around Kyle Whittingham's offense, um, you know, as we talk, you know, Utah Utes losing Brant Keithy on the Monty Show presented by the Advocates. I just think at some point you have to find a way out of that question mark. And right now you 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 feel a little down. Nothing's been lost, though. I, I think you're still a favorite to win this conference. And I know that um, Utah State's coming to town. They took USC to the limit this weekend. I mean, that was all that they could handle. I look at the Oregon or State. Yeah, Oregon State. What yeah, did I say? Utah State. No, I'm sorry. Oregon yeah, State. Oregon State. Took USC to the limit this weekend. I, I look at what we saw in Pullman with Oregon and Washington State. Yeah. That was a hell of a football game that, frankly, Oregon had no business winning. Yeah. This conference is is getting deeper every single weekend. And I look at, at Washington State, Oregon, Oregon State. Uh, you know, I, I think Cal is a very interesting football team right now. I don't know what's going on at Stanford, but the thing I do know is USC – is a very good football team, and I still think the best offense in the country. And what does that say? That Oregon State's very good. Now, is that Fast. because they were at Research Stadium and, you know, that you are in Corvallis and you're a much better team in Corvallis? Sure. Let's find out what Oregon State is on the road in Sac Lake City. And let's see, you know, you know, Van Villiger, I thought, had a very good game for Utah Saturday night in Tempe. Yeah. Can Van Villiger do that Saturday afternoon against Oregon State? Well, he better because they need to consistently, you know, press the, the quarterback here. And I bring up the defense because I look at Lander Barton. That kid is a stud, and he's a stud right now. Lander Barton's not some prospect that's going to show up at Utah next season and be ready to contribute. That kid is arguably your best linebacker right now today. Yeah, And I think that's what is always going to hold up Utah football is their defense because they're always deep. They're always capable on the defensive side of the ball. But what are we talking about again? What is this team going to be offensively? Thanks. Because you're not you're not running the ball particularly well Saturday night. You're 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 using a, a running back by committee situation. Mm -hmm. Now you lose Brant Keithy, the best offensive weapon you have. And here we are again talking about who's going to be the wide receiver to step up. We're we're wondering about money parks. We're wondering about how deep are the tight ends because it sounds like they're pretty deep. I don't know. I think there's still a lot of questions about the quality and the 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 depth built into the scheme of Utah football. Yeah, absolutely, I, and I, and I think you're spot on. I mean, every year we are talking about that, and that's because Wits teams are defensive first. They're defensive minded, and there's nothing wrong with that. But but 
the fact is, is, you know, yeah, I mean, any football team that's going to sustain major injury like a Brand Keithy or, you know, whoever you want to point to, uh, Puka Nakua, you know, your depth's going to be tested. And, and again, I just think it's a testament to these two head coaches. Like, whether you're talking about Kalani or or Witt, like, these guys both do a phenomenal job. And, and I think we we... I feel like in the state as football fans, sometimes we get a little spoiled with with how good of a job these guys do with what they have to work with. Because again, if you think about it, like if you compare Kyle Whittingham to Nick Saban from a financial standpoint, Nick Saban gets paid way more than Kyle Whittingham. Yes. But can you really say that Nick Saban is that much better of a head coach? If you put Kyle Whittingham in Nick not. Saban's shoes, I mean, you you have to believe that that you know Kyle would be able to produce pretty similar results. So that's why I say. I think with the talent that they're able to get into these programs and what they have to do from a development standpoint, they, they both do a phenomenal job. Yeah, I agree. And I just think we look at this situation at Utah. They beat Arizona State. They did their job. And it feels like a loss because of Brand Keithian. And it, it is it is incredibly frustrating. Let's get your comments in here. You guys are fantastic. If you're here watching the show right now, please give us a thumbs up. It really does help the channel grow. Um, you guys have done an amazing job supporting this show and our sponsors, whether that is the Advocates, Barbecue Pit Stop. Um, can't wait. Next week, we announce another big name, brand new sponsor on this show that I am so fired up about uh, to get going on the program. I mean, just so much happening on the show. And honestly, I, I don't speak for Jake because Jake doesn't speak well, so I probably should. But my point is, is yeah. that, yeah, you know. We're just really humbled by how much you guys support the show and and going to our sponsors. And um, we just really appreciate that because there's so much exciting stuff coming to the program in the next 10 days uh, that legit. we're going to be able to talk about. Like, legit. Legitimately it's coming in the down next to it, 10 Nami. Days. We've been telling you for probably 90 days or so that we have, we're building some things and we're doing some things. And, and there are definitely some some exciting news coming. So that's you're right. That's probably about 10 days away now. I mean, the countdown is here. I you do you guys understand it is September twenty sixth. The yes. next time that you, Utah snaps a football, it'll be October first. Yeah, it's October. My wife was trying to get me to buy pumpkins this weekend. I say hell no. Me? Hell no. We ain't buy no pumpkin. What the fuck are you talking about? Not even October. And you want to buy pumpkin? Man. Anyway, my point is, thanks for supporting the show. I cannot wait to make uh, you know our. We have multiple big announcements coming. It's exciting. It is and exciting. the best part about the whole thing is we still have not brought anybody on who's not a local business. Still have not. That's it's pretty amazing. Really incredible. Pretty amazing. Uh, James Griffin says, "Longtime listener, first time comment being, how do you think Keithy's ACL injury affects Holker? Mm. Oh, I I think there's no doubt. But Dude, Utah's I, deep at the tight end position. Listen to me. I mean, listen to me. You you can you can you can talk about Holker. You can talk about Kincaid." You can talk about the whole room, whoever you want. The fact is, is losing Brant Keithy uh, to that injury, because obviously he's going to miss time, and obviously we're all assuming he's out for the year. You know, at this point we'll get, you know, it'll be definitive today. But, but losing him in any capacity affects your your entire team, and that's not an exaggeration. He is one of the heartbeats on this team. Like I would say, it's him and Cam that are leading this team. And then you have a couple other spot guys that kind of fill in where needed as far as leadership is concerned. And I just think that that Brant was a great human being too, still is. But now he's not on the field for you. He's not he's not sharing those big moments on the field in pads, you know, at Rice Eccles. Like that's the problem. And so I, I yeah, how does it affect Holker? Like obviously guys are gonna get more opportunity, you know. I mean, that just goes without saying. That's the yeah. nature of the beast, but I think that 
the the real question is how does Utah's offense find balance now? Because truly, and we had someone comment on this earlier in the show, like you know, Cam Rising and the boys on offense are going to have to find that rhythm now and find that well, balance. Well, you know what it is? It's throwing the football to Jaquindon Jackson. I think r- having him at running, but you're going to have to throw the football to the running backs more. But do but is there but is their offensive line athletic enough to get oh, out? Yeah. To yeah, get out? Absolutely. I, I think, and that's a great question. I I think their offensive line is something we've not talked about a lot on this show this year because they've been fine. And I think when you look at the way that they've been able to operate, offensive line has not been an issue for Utah. But when you lose one of your best pass catchers, and and Brant Keithy happens to be a tight end, wide receiver, call him what you want, you've got to throw the ball to the running backs more. There, there's no doubt about that. Jaquindon Jackson, it is, in my mind, it is very coincidental that he happened to get a lot more carries this weekend but you've seen his ability now outside of being a quarterback, and I, I think he absolutely is a guy that Kyle Whittingham has eyes on and has aspirations to be an offensive weapon outside of the quarterback room. And I think when you see him at running back, there's no reason he can't catch the ball. Micah Bernard's a guy that we've already seen catch the ball. There's no doubt about that. Does Yasmin get a bigger role as a tight end? Certainly he does. Does Dallin Holker become a much more attractive figure to you? Well, yeah, but he already was because you were losing Keithy and Kincaid to graduation. So this was not something that was new or unexpected. I think Dallin Holker, in my opinion, winds up there, but it'll be interesting to see what I think Jaquindon Jackson is one of the most interesting names in, in Utah football right now. Big yeah, I, I just think that he is absolutely. Mike Phillips says Utah local company, Papa Murphy's. Yeah, Papa Murphy's yes. is not a national company in that their local stores are owned by individuals. Yes. And we know probably five, six of the owners personally here in Utah. Yep. We've talked to them. We've worked with them. Like, I mean, if you came out to uh, Barbecue Pit Stop, um, a local business owner, Steve, in Lehigh, um, for the BYU watch party against Oregon, what did we have? We had Papa Murphy's Pizza. 12 large Papa Murphy's Pizza from one of the owners in South Jordan who's owned his stores. The ones that are open now, he's owned for, I think he said, 10 years. But before that, he had like 40 or 50 of them in yeah. the state. So, I mean, it, that's how it's a local business. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Kyle J says, hopefully more opportunity for Bernard in the slot. Schematically, they have flexibility. There, yeah. There's no doubt about that. You have, and this is very much the same story in Provo, by the way, when you lose a guy like Puka Nakua, you're starting to see that guys step up and become what you need them to become guys either stand up and, and, and stiffen in the face of pressure yes, or you wilt away. And I think what you're seeing is guys like Jaquindon Jackson and guys like Micah Bernard, Micah Bernard was a corner at the Rose bowl last year. I mean, yeah, I mean, absolutely. When you have guys who are courage, who are brave, who, who have courage and are brave, to go and play corner against Ohio State, yeah. to go and be a slot receiver, to go and be a fullback or a running back, that's what you need on your roster. And I, I think a guy like Jaquindon Jackson, that kid could have played football as a quarterback at a lot of other schools. Thanks. He came to Utah. Yeah. They're asking him to be a running back. He's going to be a running back. And actually, I thought he, he equated himself quite well against Arizona State. So I think they do have positional flexibility. Yeah. Um, let's see. Ruff's official says Jaron Hall is horrible at clock management and he leaves the left side wide open often. I would disagree with him being bad at clock management. The problem for Jaron Hall is that I think BYU's offense is not efficient in their process of play calling. Yeah, they're not. 
it's frustrating, and we've seen it multiple times. And there times. are a lot of times, like, again, it's not Jaron's fault that the call isn't getting put in until probably, you know, 14, 15 seconds on the play clock. So you wind up snapping it with, like, two seconds left, and that doesn't give him a lot of time to read the defense. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, you can – I mean, if you want to throw that on Jaron, you can, but I don't think it is on Jaron. Yeah, and I, I think it's very difficult to to get the play in late, and it happens too often for BYU. And it just is, and Kalani owns that to a good bit. And I mean, you hear Kalani, I think Kalani Sataki does a very good job of managing his people. And mm. and I, I listen to Kalani Sataki talking about Christopher Brooks. The plan was to see who can get the hot hand and Miles felt, you know, A-Rod and the offense felt good with Miles running the ball. And, you know, we just, we'll, we'll do it by committee right now and see who's, who's going to get us the best chance to get the, this run game going. Uh, we needed something, something to go. The last two weeks wasn't good enough, and uh, you can only blame the O-line for so long. So, you know, the challenge is for all those guys to step up and make plays and find a way to protect the football with ball security and then find ways to make runs and find ways to puncture. Find ways. Step up. Like, he's not calling anybody out specifically. But you know who you are. But you're, he's sending the message. Yeah, and I think you know who you are. I think he's accountable and I, I think one of the things that you have to start looking at, what is how viable is BYU's defense? And this mm. is this is becoming an issue now. I mean, you you when this team was healthy, when we were week one, breaking down BYU's defense, we all felt really good about it. Yeah, coverage has been better. Up front, you need more. It, it, it is that simple. And with Tuiati Mariner being out against Oregon. I think we saw a huge hole. With Batty being out, we saw a huge hole. I want more. You know, you're seeing Batty come back and become an integral part of that. But this this defense now, I think very clearly, in my opinion, has become linebacker dependent. <laughs> you think? And if this defense is linebacker dependent, they're not going to be able to compete with the big boys because offensive line play in college and NFL football now is dependent on the second level. And the best teams in the country get their offensive linemen to the second level. Yeah. We're seeing it from BYU. Their offensive linemen are 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 very athletic. The Kingsley Suamataia injury is a big one for BYU. If he is out an extended amount of time, you you're going to lose quality on that right side. Yeah. I mean, Kingsley is a guy that is a massive human being, and to see him limping off and playing with his knee and you, you cannot and and I know that we talk about this all the time, but you cannot be on the ground in football and expect there not to be consequences. Final. Kingsley Suamataia got hurt standing around a pile, which is another thing you cannot do because guys were on the ground. Back is broken. Yeah, like it. you cannot be hanging out around piles and you cannot be throwing yourself on the ground because you and other guys get hurt because of that. I broke my back. Yeah, I look at, by the way, I look at the Mac Jones injury in in, oh. in New England oh. yesterday. Anybody see nah, how that happened? I'm good. Oh, mm. and like that is, we're seeing so much of those plays where you get rolled up upon. Intelligence and IQ now become a much bigger portion of injury control. Yes. And it's not Kingsley's fault, but it just sucks that he's caught in the middle of a of a moving pile and, and a guy falls on his leg. Yeah. It's just a really it's raunch, brutal. It's a raunchy situation. And, yeah, it's brutal. But my point is, 
you have to, if you are BYU, find guys who can who can stand up at the point of attack. Yes. The defensive line has to be better against Utah State. And then it has to be better against Notre Dame. Oh, and it's funny, like one of Max Tui's best plays against Baylor, the A gap was wide open. Yes. But he was there. You know what I mean? So like if you don't have Max Tooley playing the game of his life against Baylor, what does that game look like? I don't know. We're never going to know because he did have the game of his life and they did play their ass off. Like, no doubt about it. But it does bring up this point about the defensive line. I mean, you have to be able to get some push. And I think that, that you know, the fact is, is you're playing bigger, better teams. I mean, I, I got news for you. Like, this is why all the people saying that they're going to just roll into the Big 12 and win. Like, I don't know that that's going to happen. Like, there's going to be yeah. some adjustments. Kendall Dean says, Gabe Summers out, Larson out for BYU's D-line. But that's yeah. college football. Right. And it's not an excuse. That's the thing. It, you it, can't use it as an excuse. It, it's no Injuries are no longer an excuse. It's a reality. Yes. And Gabe Summers, I, I've said it several times on the show. Gabe Summers is an integral performer for this team. You know. He's got to be healthy. Larson got hurt in the middle, I think, in the third quarter of that game. Yeah. Injuries are going to happen, especially in the trenches. You have to have depth. And the hard part now becomes if you are losing guys, and they, they seem to be losing guys in mass. Kingsley Suamataia is a guy that I don't think you can afford to be without because it, he just is. Yes. You cannot replace him. You can put another guy there, but you're not going to replace him. I mean, he just, his mass, his humanity, you just you just cannot. You know, it's very difficult. Chanson says, I met uh, Kingsley uh, at Costa Vida in Provo a couple of weeks ago before the season started. He's a big, scary guy. If I had to go on the line against him, I'd be worried for my life. No kidding, yeah. right? Like, I mean, th this 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 offensive line is good, I'm telling you. Yeah. And just watching it, and generally a lot of people ask me this, like, I DVR the BYU game and the Utah game every week. Mm -hmm. And if USC is playing on national TV, I'll DVR that game. Like, And you just go back and you watch a lot of football, and I will try to do that today and tomorrow. But what you see and what I've seen out of this BYU offensive line is they move their opponents. Yeah, They move their opponents. I put the struggles of the run game on Christopher Brooks. I do not put it on the offensive line. I just don't. Um, Kendall Dean says, Tuli out, Hayes out. It, it, but again... But again, at what point are we going to stop making excuses about injuries at BYU? Yeah. I mean, yes, that's absolutely true. Okay, so next man up. We're getting somewhere. That's that. There's two things that are true about injuries at BYU. They happen far too much. There's an issue there with their conditioning and their and their preparation. I mean, they, their physical preparation has to be better. Yeah. I don't know how else to say. You cannot continue to have injuries. Things like Puka Nakua are going to happen. You're not avoiding that. He got he was he was off to a great start. He got his his ankle rolled on in, in, during a tackle. You're not avoiding that. You're not a, avoiding Kingsley getting rolled up on. The soft tissue, hamstrings, calves. How does Gunnar Romney end up with a lacerated kidney? I have no idea. But my point is these injuries are becoming too frequent. They are becoming too often. It is what it is. I don't know if it's a technique issue. I know in the NFL that those guys are taught to get their feet off the ground when they're being tackled. I I don't know why it happens. Every single year at BYU, there's dozens of guys injured. And yeah. it, it there, there's got to be something systematically in that. Yeah. And we've seen changes to preparation, strength and conditioning, Sports nutrition, scientists. sleep. Hey, we're not, you know, like back squatting. We're not using, we're not, we're not back squatting during the season. It's too much toll or 
whatever it is, yeah, BYU has a problem with injuries every single year. So it's no longer an excuse. It's a reality. Yeah. And if, if you think this is going to get better in the Big 12, you're crazy. Because when you got to play Okie State, look how good Kansas is now. Yes. Kansas is no longer Dude, a it's flu. every week. You're getting Baylor every week. Yep. Kanai Johnson says, next man up. You got to be ready uh, for your number to be called uh, and take advantage of the opportunities. Absolutely, you do. There, there yeah. is just, there's no doubt about that. It, it is, in my mind, you know, when, when, you, when you have injuries, you've got to do something and you've got to take quick action. Same thing that happens when you're in an in, in an injury when you're injured in an accident. I tried to be cool on my transition. You almost had it. You, like you just what, what we're gonna do is we're gonna watch the tape. We'll you know replay your performance and we'll see you know what we could have improved on. In the meantime, we'll be back in 15 seconds after this from the advocate. If you've been injured in a car accident, even if it wasn't your fault, you still have to deal with the consequences like overdue medical bills, car repairs, and worse. Insurance companies that try their hardest not to pay their fair share. No need to worry, though. The advocates are here to help. That's right. Get online now, utahadvocates.com. You never pay the advocates money up front. Your consultation's free. There are no retainers. You do not pay the advocates until they win your case. That's how confident they are in their ability to serve you, to help you, to be an advocate for you. At utahadvocates.com, you do not pay them until they win your case. Don't stress. Get back to living your best life by getting to utahadvocates.com. And I'm serious when I say we see every day in the, on the streets of Utah how bad drivers are. Yes. We saw a bad accident the other day, and quite literally in my head I said, oh, better call the advocates. Let me tell you what now. Utahadvocates.com, that's what now. Uh, motorcycle accident, car accident, you slipped and fell, injured at work, any kind of injury situation let the advocates fight for you at utahadvocates.com. 826 uh, here on the show. And and just going going back to this thing with, with injuries at BYU, I, I'm telling you now that you can't, you just can't, you can't make an excuse anymore. You know, like you just, yeah. the reality is you are either deep or you are not. Yeah. You, you're, you're three and four guys deep like Utah or you're two, three guys deep like BYU. Yeah. Because you know that injuries are going to happen. They just are. You know, like it is. That's football, man. That's just what it is. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know, man. It is It is incredibly frustrating. Um, It is incredibly frustrating that, that certain programs just have more injuries than others. Ruff's official is still railing on Jaron Hall about clock management. Do you understand how little control the quarterback has about getting the team to the line on time? Do you understand? And I think, I think, Ruff, you just like to be inflammatory. I get it. This is your brand now. Jaron Hall has so little control over that process. Mm -hmm. It's not a matter of him, oh, well, I'm just going to be lackadaisical. And, hey, look, there's my friend Tom. Man, Tom, good to see you in the stands. Oh, there's 10 seconds. Let's get to the line. Do you understand that that's not what hap what's happening? He's getting a play in. He's waiting for a substitution. While he gets the play in, he's got to count the huddle, then get in the huddle, then deliver the play, then get them to the line, then read the defense. So if any of that comes apart, the, the, I mean, there's so many things that are out of his control. Yeah. So many things. And by the way, when he gets got, when, when they're down at the line of scrimmage, Nine times out of 10, BYU's not snapping that ball until five or less seconds. Mm -hmm. So when he's snapping the ball at three, that's not poor clock management. 
So I, I you know, uh, Edwin says any jazz talk news, rumors, Woj bombs. Uh, tomorrow we will do a lot of jazz because training camp opens tomorrow. It's Monday. Typically on the show for everybody that's new to the show on Mondays, we talk a lot of football. Uh, Ken says off to work. I'll be real. Thanks for listening. Ken, appreciate you. Edwin says, do college quarterbacks have earpieces? Yes, they have speakers in their helmets. Um, Let's see. Jansen says, Kingsley should get the advocates to help him with his injury so he can relax at home eating Papa Murphy's pizza and making money on Tri-Day trading. <laughs> Listen, That's man. my guy, man. See, see you, Jensen, you, you get it, man. You should DM us so we can send you a T-shirt because uh, that was amazing. That was absolutely That was amazing. well done, sir. Uh, Ruff's official says Monty obviously has never watched, uh, has never played football or watched a game. No, never. Football. Is yeah, that the I thing with know. the stick yeah. and, the, and the ball pitched? Yeah, I, don't they have don't they have sticks in football or something? You know. You know? Uh, Boyd Lake says just watch Jaron. He's directing guys and yelling the whole time. It's not Jaron's fault, and he's still having an all time year at quarterbacks. He he yeah. is absolutely having one of the better years in BYU history. Yeah, especially modern era. Um, you know, there's this big conversation around Jaron Hall uh, versus Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. That's a fascinating discussion. That's a fascinating discussion because there's a lot of people who would tell you Zach Wilson never happens if Jaron Hall is ready to go. If he's healthy, prepared, ready, because it was really close. Zach's last year, you remember that went down to the wire in camp. Yeah. If Jaron clearly was not that quarterback that he is now. Clearly. He is playing at a very high level. I mean... Doing what he they, can do, man. They need to beat Arkansas and Notre Dame. For Jaron Hall and his pro prospects, they need to beat Arkansas and Notre Dame. Yeah. If that happens, he is going his national profile will will grow exponentially. I mean, frankly, the loss at Oregon probably ends any talk about New York City at the end of the year. But yeah. if he beats Arkansas and Notre Dame, look out. If they wind up losing one game the rest of the year, look out. Yeah. Because they, he will have a chance. He will have a chance. You know, it, it will be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, Edwin says, um, you guys like baseball. The Judge HR Chase has been fun. Well, he's gripping. He yeah. had three bitches last night that he should have put into next week. Yeah, I mean, I, how can you blame the guy, though? I mean, you're chasing all-time records. Like, it's hard. I mean, I think he's handled it pretty well. Yep. Uh, Kendall says, uh, Monty, totally agree on Jaron and the time management. BYU staff is the issue not getting the play in on time. They called two timeouts in the Wyoming game because of that issue. That's how you lose games. Well, yeah. And you got to clean that up. I but mean, we're sitting here talking about, like, Kalani spent, you know, probably five minutes in that presser yesterday talking about how, you know, the program needs, you know, they, they got to smooth out the offense and he's going to challenge you know, a rod and company to to watch the film and really see what the what the issue was timing wise, and and I think that's the other thing we're not really talking about is like when you're when the play comes in late, you know, and then Jaron's got to do what he's got to do pre snap. What does that mean? He's spending less time reading the defense, reading the coverage, changing protections, changing plays. Like if Jaron has, let's say. 13 seconds to stand at the line of scrimmage. So really 10 seconds, you figure he'll snap it at five or four seconds left. Let's say he's got 10 seconds to evaluate the defense, change the play and change protection. That's more than enough time for him. That is, that is all day 
for a competent quarterback. So so I just don't think that this is a Jaron Hall issue. I think it's I, I think that it is an A-Rod, you know, getting the play call in process issue, and they need to figure that out. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Uh, Football 50 coming up in 20 minutes, uh, presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Papa Murphy's Pizza, download the app. Make sure you use the promo code MONTY25 uh, to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. Here's a question for you. Um, and I wonder what you guys think about, about this here question. This here question. How good is USC? And is USC a legitimate college football playoff contender? What are you, Musk? Um, I'm, I'm curious about that. I, I have not wavered at all on USC. I think they're the best offense in the country. Mm-hmm. I am not wavering on USC because of what I saw in Corvallis this weekend. And I think that what, what we know now, what we know now is USC's resilient. Right. USC's defense is a real question mark, but they've been a, a question mark all year. Right. I put USC. I would, I, you know, there's not many teams I would take for them. They're not better than Bama and Georgia. They're probably, or Ohio State looks, I mean, they look flipping bullet. They can hang with Ohio State, though. Is USC a legitimate national championship contender? I mean, I think they have to be in the conversation. The problem is, is that defense is what I'm what I'm trying to figure out. I mean, obviously, we know all the talent you have on offense, but the defense is ultimately what's going to allow you to be in a one possession game with Ohio State or be in a uh, a reasonable game with Georgia or Alabama. That's the thing that Georgia and Alabama and Ohio State, to a certain extent, do to the teams they play. They suffocate you with their defense. I mean, that's why Ohio State was able to do what they were able to do this past weekend. Like you dominated that team. And it wasn't really even close. And that's because you were getting stops and you were making the offensive job offensive job like incredibly easy. So to me, if I know, if I'm Lincoln Riley and I know that I've got uh, a Caleb Williams level talent playing back there for me and I know what I've got at wide receiver, all I got to do is, you know, get what, three or four stops a game and you're probably going to be really Legit. good. Legit. Like, you know? It's three, four stops a game. You make one big defensive play on defense, and yeah. that can be a 14-point I mean, if you can just give Caleb Williams two extra possessions a game that he shouldn't have had because your defense got a turnover or a stop or whatever, you're going to be really tough to beat, and that's what they have to do. Well, and I think the other question here is how good is Michigan? Because when I, when I look at the college football playoff, I mean, if, I mean, if you're looking at – I think so Michigan clearly has taken a step up offensively. Right. No doubt about that. But I look at Georgia and Alabama unquestioned. Unquestioned that Ohio State's better than Michigan in my mind. Right. I don't know who Clemson is as a football team. Not top five. I mean, well, somebody in the forgot to tell the AP poll that. Somebody forgot yeah. to tell the coaches poll that. Yeah, I don't think they're top five, but that's just me. So what is it about Clemson you don't like? I mean, you look at their – Wake Forest is a better football team than most people gave them credit for. Yeah, and you I struggled mean, to beat Wake Forest. And 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 by the way, by the way, they haven't really played anybody. It, 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 but this is my point. Wake Forest, Schmake Forest. You know, look Schmake at their schedule. Doris. Read their schedule. Uh, Georgia Tech, Furman, Louisiana Tech, uh, Wake Forest. Now they play North Carolina State um, in Death Valley. So that's a home game. Your first real road test is probably Florida State on October 15th. Like, this is why it's the already crowned Clemson Conference, yeah. man. Like, I, I 
I watched a good bit of that Clemson Wake Forest game, and Clemson was not anything to write home about. I wasn't like the 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 problem is is that Clemson's defense is just not very good. Like that's the problem. The offense is fine against teams like Wake Forest, but when your defense can't hold up, that's an issue, as we've been talking about. So I don't know, man. I I, I don't think that I don't think that there are like whatever order you want to put the teams in after the top three is your prerogative, but I think it's Alabama and Georgia on their own pedestal. Ohio State's a distant third, and then you Wow, know, you a can, distant third. Yeah, I don't think Ohio State is is okay. is I don't I don't think Ohio State is within ten points of Georgia. I really don't. Yeah, we'll we'll see what uh, we'll see what happens. Teddy Wayman gives us a five dollar tip and says has Papa had Papa Murphy's pizza for Sunday night football. It was bomb. Add a boy, Teddy. Hope you Atta used boy. our promo code, Teddy. Use promo code Monty twenty five to get twenty five percent off your purchase of twenty five dollars or more. Um, Real yeah. quick, Teddy, did you have barbecue sauce or red sauce? No, Teddy's a man. He uses barbecue sauce. Well, let's let's relax. We'll see. Let's let's relax. I mean, come on now. Who are we kidding? Okay. Um, let's see. Who else? Uh, Edwin says, what are your thoughts on the end of the Pro Bowl and the all-new changes? We'll talk about that very thing is going to lead football at 50 coming up in 12 minutes on the show. Ed, stick around for that. Um, Lopes Fan Gabe says, anything good on the non-sports side today's fellow is a Pop-Tart ravioli. Oh, get the hell out of here. Or do we get eat the hell mac out of and here. cheese with a spoon and a fork? Okay. Jesus. See, Gabe, there's no reason why to stir you, up the masses Why? Do you, do, are you and Ruff's official just hanging out today? Do you do you just want to stir the pot to that level today? Are you kidding? Is, 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 is a Pop-Tart a, Pop a ravioli? Is Pop-Tart ravioli? What, you didn't know how to spell pierogi? Is that um, a real question? Listen. Listen, yes, actually, it's funny you bring up Pop-Tarts because the non-sports stories of the day coming up at 9.15 with Mrs. Monty this morning, um, it's National Pancake Day. I want more. Pancakes or French toast? Pancakes. Uh, no, French toast. No, I guess not. What is breakfast? Is breakfast like, because today is also national get your cholesterol through breakfast day. Right. Um, I think it's actually National Breakfast Day or whatever the hell you yeah, said it was. Yeah, it's National Breakfast Day, basically. Yeah. What's 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 your favorite go-to breakfast? Breakfast burrito all day. Eggs, avocado, bacon, cheese, hash brown. You're fat. Yep. Anyway, the point is. Yep. Uh, Teddy Wayman says barbecue sauce. That's all my day. guy. See what I'm saying? That's Tom my Basilius guy. says French toast a thousand percent. Well, listen, I can't make you a man. You're a man or you're not. And if you're a man, you eat French toast. I'm pumped. Tom Basilius is a man. You're not. It's all just, right, it's we're gonna just move on simple. here. Uh, and then and then Robert comes in here. Why, Robert? What, what do you mean waffles? What do you mean waffles? This is a code ten of boys. Who says this ridiculous stuff? Waffles. waffles. Anyway, waffles are good. Waffle had their place. You know. Uh, Dallin Sproul says French toast, but pancakes are easier. So if I'm eating on French toast at home, pancakes usually. See, the only time the I thing. have waffles is if I'm eating like the the Kodiak ones, the you're, protein waffles. Right, but you're skur, man. Yeah. You're skur. You don't want to make French toast. You want to get that toast and dip it in the egg batter. Yes, and with make the cinnamon sure. and the vanilla extract. And yeah, I don't know dude. why I'm pounding my hands together. Yeah, but the dude. point is. Make that French toast. Little powdered sugar on top when they're done. And this is why you get married, so your wife will make you French toast. Mine has never, not one time, made me French toast. Um, but, you know, she'll, you know, it's fine. She'll feed the dog almonds so the dog will vomit all over the floor. That's this an issue. My wife was pissed. I gave my dog some almonds. Nope. Oh, oh. uh-oh. She was. Uh-oh. And I don't know why she's upset the dog threw up. It's not my fault. 
I'm the one who always ends up having to clean up the barf. You're like, oh, I got to start the show. I guess I can't clean <laughs> no, up the barf. But why did, why did I buy you a dustpan? I mean, I didn't buy you a dustpan so Bro, I could sweep the floor. Literally, the dog is covered in his own vomit. Laying in a bed covered in vomit. You're like, oh, I didn't even notice. I had no idea that happened. I don't know when it was. I, I'm having to wash the dog, wash the bed. And now you're like, yeah, she should make French toast. I'm screwed. Are, wait, are you being serious? G- Giggity says almonds can be deadly for dogs. Are you being serious? I didn't. I give my dog no, almonds. I, uh, so- I don't think they're dead. I think maybe if you give them too many, but I don't think they're deadly for dogs. I don't. I hope they're not. Okay, Patrick Boren. He says Monty's going to end up in the doghouse because of the dog barf. Get it? Mm-hmm. Um, Jansen says I make multi-grain protein waffles with two scrambled eggs and two protein shakes after a workout. Do you even lift? Uh, I lifted yesterday, Jake. Did you? No. I had other things to do. You know what I'm saying. Uh, oh, okay. Say- so the issue with almonds, you'll find this enlightening. The issue with almonds is not that they're toxic to dogs it's not like an oh, allergy God. thing here we go it's an obstruction thing exactly oh jesus is that true yeah it says so this is petmd.com oh. and says dogs don't chew their food like humans do so if they swallow the almond whole it could lead to potential life-threatening obstructions of the esophagus stomach or even the windpipe if aspirated in small brig dogs do you, but do you know how much money we've poured into his butthole already like, we cannot have blockages. Have Stop giving the dog okay. any food other than their own food. I don't give them any Shame. food. I gave I my dog almonds. three almonds yesterday, and he likes, my dog actually, <laughs> my dog actually likes to crunch them up. He liked, my dog Rhino likes to chew them. This is the and, ass vacuum dog, Except for dog, when you look the at them in the barf, they were at least more than half. Well, but I don't. Look at of the, the barf. almond. You yeah. do. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. That well, you. I had to figure out what it was, so we knew not to get it to him anymore. So, anyways, Dallin yeah. Stroll says, "Just stop giving him almonds. You're wrong. It's okay. I'm gonna <laughs> stop giving him all. I'm gonna stop giving him almonds. Thank you. The pro- the problem is he likes trail mix. But dude, that dog li- will literally eat. Where did shit. you find this dog? This dog was a street dog way out of garbage street cans. Street dog in Orange County. He will you know. eat anything. Rhino, come here. Come. Let's see if I can get him. Okay, like, so yeah, his energy is good. Him. His energy is good. He would eat rotten yeah. flesh. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Rhino. Oh, oh buddy. Here's my my almond eating guy. Yeah, yeah your El Barfay. You can't lick my face because you're barfing. Oh. Look at the guy. He's I a baby. You. Don't I lick know. my face. You threw up all over it. Dude, he licks his butthole with that tongue. And he smells like bark now. Get the fuck out. <laughs> you know <laughs> when are you gonna give him a bath woman <laughs> anyway um i'm kidding my dog does not like people are asking me if he really likes trail mix he likes anything yeah he dude, likes french anything, fries dude. and burgers in trail mix and he would eat anything you put in front of him yeah quite literally he eats yes. his own barf oh yes. guy Butthole. like are you kidding me uh, let's see. Fat Jesus. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Dallin Sproul says barf compliments of Monty. Truth. Yeah. Uh, let's see. With all due respect, you're wrong. Truth. Yeah. Uh, Fat Jesus says I don't give my dog any food. I give him three almonds. Hey, genius. You gave him food. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> Thank you, Fat Jesus. Uh, uh, Boyd Lake says cute dog. Thanks. He's single. Um, Edwin says trail mix. So you're giving your dog chocolate too? No, not Who's all trail mix. Not all trail mix has chocolate in it. This one does, but he doesn't. 
But I that's not the point. I don't I mean, put trail you know. mix in a bowl. I just toss him like an almond on the floor. And uh, and he likes it. I will stop <laughs> giving him almonds. You... Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's get back to the other subject, though. <laughs> blueberry pancakes. Oh, blueberry pancakes. Oh, I'm a huge fan of blueberries. Dude. Um, I had high fiber pooping cereal yesterday, okay. as I am known to um, do. Heritage mix. Heritage um, flakes. And Heritage O's. High in fiber. Dude. I put some. We bought these really big plump blueberries at Costco the other day. Dropped like a cup of them in my cereal. Fire and fury. Amazing, amazing, amazing. But yeah, blueberry pancakes are the best. Blueberry French toast is better. But um, you know. Yeah. But are you making blueberry bread and then making it French toast? You should bomb. You should bomb. Um, Tom Basilius, feed the dogs the same diet as you would Jordan Peterson. All red meat and kibble. There you go. Okay. Okay. Uh, Boyd Lake says Homer drool for blueberry pancakes. Exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, Mark Hale says a dog. I have a real dog, a Great Dane. Damn. Wow. Now we're going to feel me. Now we're going to rip small dogs. Okay. That's hurtful. That's hurtful. Okay. That's fine. Fine. Uh, Patrick says my dog eats chocolate and has not even uh, made her bar a full size poodle. Yeah, I mean, Here's big dogs thing, and small dogs are different, bro. But we had a bad chocolate experience. So <laughs> way back in the day when we lived in SoCal, right? Uh, we had a Dalmatian, right? And that Dalmatian, see the disdain on Mrs. Monty's face. Yeah, that Dalmatian at one point found its way into a bag of peanut M and M's somehow. Right. It was uh, going to be Easter. And, so and, my and, sister. Wait, 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 wait. I had nothing to do with this until the end. I had nothing to do with this. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was not my fault. Yeah. So my sister buys one of those five-pound bags of peanut M&Ms mm-hmm. at Costco because it's going to be Easter. Now I'm going to have to turn the camera. Right, because they need me. Yeah, I'm sure. Wow. Go dude. ahead. Yeah, tell wow. the story. Anyways, um, so we get this five-pound bag of peanut M&Ms, wow. and it's sealed up, but in her room where all the other candy was being hidden from the kids. And uh, we went out, came back, and the dog was just acting strange. (laughs) You know, laying on her bed. She's Mm -hmm. like drooling profusely. Her bed is literally wet. (laughs) A Dalmatian named Juliet, by the way. Juliet. She was a labmation, Dalmatian How's mix. she doing these days? Oh, wait, she's dead. She's dead. Wow. Not from the m M&M. wow. She lived a long time. She lived for a large dog. She lived until 12 or 13. Yeah, 13. So yeah. I said, yeah. Anyways, yeah. So we're like, man, what's wrong? And one of our bedrooms actually was had a door into our garage. So uh-huh. you didn't have to walk outside, but it, you had to walk through one of the bedrooms. Right. Walking out there, once we figured out her bed was totally soaked from whatever oh. reason, taking that out, we're like, there's an odd smell in this room. To one of us passes. Yeah. Oh, horrible. It was terrible. Yeah. Then we searched around and had to find it. And the dog had gotten up on top of my oh. niece's bed and had barfed oh. but like oh. on the edge up Dude. against the wall. So it had slid down the wall oh. and it was it's on gonna go the into floor. Lockdown mode we pulled here the, the bed out. Seriously. And the pool of like, Chocolate vomit oh. was so now, mind you, bad. But mind you, Jake and I were. <laughs> this was 15 years ago now. But Jake right. and I were in the living room playing Call of Duty, right? Drinking Mountain Dew and eating uh, Cool Ranch Doritos, <laughs> um, <laughs> while the real. while the girls were, Britt and her sister were cleaning up, literally using their hands and black garbage bags 
to clean up dog vomit. Come on, in, let's go, Chef I mean, Rock. it had to be at least a pound yeah. of dog vomit. Yeah. And we, Jake and I are sitting in the living room, <laughs> like making vomit noises. It was because they would have All-timer. to. It was so bad. The girls had to come mm. out of the room occasionally so they wouldn't throw up. All timer. Yeah. And we so did, bad. and we never even absolutely Alzheimer. Yeah, don't. don't give your dogs chocolate. We never, mm-hmm. I never once lifted a finger. I did not help, and I did not encourage them to, you know. These two yahoos sat there and made barf sounds. <laughs> no, while we were cleaning it. We up. were racking headshots and double XP. Yeah, what do you <laughs> want from XP. me? <laughs> this is how my life goes. Uh... Dude it said was... double XP. <laughs> Absolutely, I said double XP. You remember the days when Mountain oh, Dew? Oh yeah, dude. You would buy a case of Mountain Dew. Oh, you yeah. get double XP. I'm, dude, I'm, we were buying pallets of that stuff, bro. I'm cod. You yeah, two cod. Are ridiculous. <laughs> we are, but it was amazing. I've never, I have He's never, I have never knowingly done that. You know. All right, let's right. see. Uh, had a dog find CBD gummies that some uh, stinking rookie left at a campground. Thought the dog was legit dead. Dog didn't do gummies well. Dogs don't he do gummies well. Puppy. Yeah. Ooh. Fat Jesus says, when I was a teenager, my dog got into a large bag of peanut M&Ms and I woke up to piles of vomit with M&Ms in them oh. all around the house. Oh, oh. dude. No. I proceeded to puke myself, made my brother clean it up. Oh, my Damn word, right. dude. Damn right. So bad. Jansen says, when I was nine, I accidentally dropped a chocolate-flavored jelly bean, and my friend's dog ate it. I cried myself to sleep because I thought I killed the dog. Exactly right. Uh, Giggity says, doesn't Jake have a fun story about flying with a dog? How does he know that? Oh, because we talked about it. Okay, so the girl that Jake broke up with by text, Mm -hmm. um, because he's just a cold-hearted killer. Right. Football at 50 in two minutes. Right. Um... So Jake decides in his infinite wisdom. Yeah, because I am infinitely wise. Not to listen to me. Of course not. Moves in with a girl who insists that the day before they move in together, she's going to buy a Rottweiler puppy. Right. I mean, what more could go wrong besides everything? Here, I'm, I'm so clutch. I'm even, I'm even airdropping you a picture of this dog so that I still happen to have. This dog was amazing. Right. This dog was awesome. Named named Rizzo after the baseball player Anthony Rizzo. Like couldn't get better. I mean, this was a really good dog. Yeah. Right. Like. Right. Anyway, the point is, so Jake succumbs to this woman and buys the dog. Succumbs. So and there's the dog, dog right I mean, there. Come on, dude. There's the dog come on, right bro. there, bro. That was a great dog. Right. So Jake decides that he is going to collapse and and move in with this woman he's a bum right so he breaks up with her over text moves to utah right and their biggest argument was oh honey honey we need to fly back to wisconsin to see my family during covid during covid sorry with our new puppy dog on the plane Jake's like, oh yeah sure i'll roll over on that one too because you know this is you know i never flew you're the best um, so eventually Jake's like, nah, bro, I'm fine. He breaks up with her by text. She puts that dog on a plane and it proceeds to crap all over the plane. And this dog didn't take small poops. This was like no. handfuls, bro. Ugh. Untrained, <laughs> not a guide dog, a puppy. She takes the dog on the plane and it deuces everywhere. Everywhere. Like that. Do you know this? Do you know how hard it is to get the stank of poo out nah, of the plane? dude, I'm, I'm good, bro. I'm, I'm good, Lord. Man. No. No. All right. Good morning, everybody. 
Um, you know, uh, Ken Williams says pugs are the best dog. Uh, in 2022, if you're meeting on an app, you can break up by text, according to Mark Hale. Well, okay, well, okay, valid point. Ooh, Ed wins. Great point. Nuketown takes priority. Yes, Correct. it does. Just like football 50. Yes, it does. Football 50, 10 of the hour, every hour. On the Monty Show, presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza or in the app, the Papa Murphy's app. Biggest stories in sports today. We are just sitting and waiting for Kyle Whittingham to announce the fate of Brant Keithy. Yeah, I already know what that's going to be. Um, you know, Kyle talked about it post-game where, you know, it was just a matter of is it season ending. Brant Keithy injured his knee Saturday night in Tempe against Arizona State, and it does look like it is a significant injury. He did not return to the game. He was iced up, and after the game, Kyle said, we're just going to have to wait until Monday to find out if it's season ending for Brant Keithy. Utah hosts Oregon State this weekend, uh, Saturday noontime at Rice-Eccles Stadium. That'll be fascinating. How about BYU, though, by the way? BYU dealing with a mountain of injuries. Max Tooley didn't play. You lost uh, Kingsley Suamataia uh, during that game. Like, just injuries everywhere. Puka Nakua looks to have re-injured his ankle. What do you think of, of both teams? Is Brant Keithy the most meaningful, impactful injury? Yeah, I mean, I think Brant, losing Brant Keithy is obviously the heart of the football team. You know, I, I think nobody would dispute that. I think that, you know, Utah <coughs> has a lot of guys behind him, but they're unproven. I mean, you just don't know outside of Dalton who what you have and I think that's the biggest mystery here and I think that that applies to BYU as well I think Utah's got to throw the ball to the backs more and Jaquinton Jackson's going to have to be a big part of that and all honestly I think he is by the way don't forget BYU plays Utah State Thursday night that's at Lavelle Edwards Stadium Thursday night six o'clock on ESPN in the National Football League the Pro Bowl is D-E-A-D dead Pro Bowl is done replacing the Pro Bowl with week-long skills competition and a flag football game. The new event will replace the full contact showcase. Uh, It will be renamed the Pro Bowl Games. It will feature AFC, NFC players showcasing their football and non-football skills in challenges over uh, several days. The first Pro Bowl Games will be held in Las Vegas, and the flag football game will be at Allegiant Stadium on February 5th. I love this idea. I was never yeah. a fan of the Pro Bowl. Yeah, I think it's brilliant. I think, it, I mean, I think obviously, as with anything else, it all depends on how you execute it. And I think that, you know, we're, we're, I'm sure they're going to do farthest throw and all the traditional ones for football. But what I'm curious about is, you know, what are the creative ones? What are what are the ones going to be that are new and innovative that no one's really thought of? You know, and, I, and I'm not even saying that that's got to be a football thing. Like, would it not be entertaining to see Josh Allen and, and Patty Mahomes, like, having some like competing in some contest that's completely unrelated to football but on a football field like i think those are the kind of things that the fan base wants to see so i love this idea yeah i do too the thing that always worries you when you're talking about flag football you're worried about knee injuries that's the thing that really stands out i remember years ago i can't remember who it was blew out their knee and almost lost their leg playing flag a sand football game i think it was or flag football in the sand you always worry about injuries, but you worry about injuries in the Pro Bowl, too, don't Nature you? Nature know of the I mean? beast. It is. Football hurts, and I think it is what it is, but this is long overdue. I love the idea that we are no longer going to have to labor through the Sunday before the Super Bowl, and now what we get is a week-long of skills competitions, which I'm really excited about. By the way, 
This is the part that I wonder about. Peyton Manning and Omaha Productions are going to shape the competition and the production of the of the event. Yeah. Do you like this idea? What are your well, thoughts I, on this? I mean, I think initial reactions are, you know, the Peyton and Eli thing on Monday Night Football seems to be getting enough traction. You know, I personally, I don't watch it. I'm not a big fan of it, but, but that doesn't mean it's not a hit nationally. And I think that's ultimately what matters for the league. And I think anytime you can get... You know, the Peyton Mannings of the world, Eli Manning, you know, Drew Brees, Tom Brady when he's done. Like, anytime you can get former big-name players, specifically quarterbacks, to participate in coverage of the league, you're in a good yes, spot, you yeah. know? And and so, well, to me, it's hard to mess that up. And the Eli thing, he walked on at Penn State. They did a spoof thing. Remember the Jimmer thing where he walked on at BYU last yeah. week? Eli Manning released a similar video where he walked on at Penn State and nobody knew it was him. And then he took off his hair and makeup, and it was a fun thing. But I think Peyton Manning is an interesting guy. He, he is not unlike Kobe was. LeBron is. Like, all these guys that are forming production companies outside of their chosen sport. Yes. I think it is what football's become. But I think this is great news for football fans. Uh, Giggity says the Pro Bowl was basically flag football last season. Agreed. It was. Agreed. Yeah, there, there's well, no Well, the hitting. league knows it. I mean, nobody watches the Pro Bowl. Yep, he says that. Tom Basile says that's great news. Stoke for the competition. Uh, Sterling Tracy says new epic music edition of the Monty. Uh, no, we're just playing music during Football at 50 now to give it a more lively feel. And- yeah. We're, work, all we're we working on the show, bro. Football 50, 10 of the hour, every hour presented by uh, Papa Murphy's Pizza, PapaMurphy's.com. We, you know, it's a, during the football season, we do Football 50, and we talk about all the biggest headlines. So we wanted to use some more energetic music. Yeah. Peyton Manning at Omaha Productions told us that's what we should do. Yeah, it's Eli and Peyton. All right, let's play the Tua Tungavailoa video to wrap up Football 50 and ask you, do you think... Tua Tungavailoa got a concussion on this hit by Bills linebacker Matt Milano. Hits his head right there, grabs his face mask. Now watch, stumbling, shakes his head once, shakes his head again, and then falls down. His teammates got to hold him up. Look at that right there. Look at him kicking his own feet. Like, do you think that that's a concussion from Tua? Yeah, I just don't think there's any way around it. And and I understand that, like, you know, Tua post game was talking about how it was his back and he allegedly cleared concussion protocol and there's going to be an investigation. Look, I think what happened here is dude got his bell rung. Yes. It's what happened. He was shook for about 10 minutes. They took him back. He was able, physically and mentally able, to pass the concussion protocol test that's mandated by the, the NFL. And I think that, you know, they put him back in the game. So the, the question really isn't around misuse or mistreatment of the test. I think the question is more around the test itself because I am the guy that says, hey, he clearly was not well. He should clearly. not have come back into this game. I, I don't think there's any doubt about it. I, I just don't know. I don't know how you spin this if, if you're the National Football League. I mean, he clear. This is not a back injury. Well, and There's... look, I want to be clear. I'm not saying that the Dolphins and Tua himself is lying that maybe his back hurt from that collision, but but I am here to say that your back may have hurt, but you had a brain injury there. Yep, I agree. Football 50, every hour, 10 to the hour, the biggest headlines going around college and pro football, presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. No one goes all in on made-from-scratch freshness like Papa Murphy's. Because when you go all in, people notice. Go all in with the Triple Pet Pizza for just $11.99. Papa Murphy's. Change the way you pizza. There you go. Papa Murphy's Pizza. Monty 25 for 25% off 
your purchase of $25 or more. The Monty Show presented by The Advocates, utahadvocates.com. When you're injured in an accident, get to utahadvocates.com. Whether it's a car accident, a motorcycle wreck, maybe you slipped and fell on a sidewalk or anything like it, you didn't deserve to be injured, but you do deserve an advocate. That's why you go to utahadvocates.com. Biggest story in Utah sports this morning. I don't think there's any doubt about it, Jake. It is Brant Keithy's knee injury. Uh, injured against Arizona State in the uh, Utes win. Uh, and now you've got Oregon State coming to town noon on Saturday. You're an 11-point favorite in that game. But, Jake, I think the biggest question for Ute fans and Utah football fans is, how do you replace Brant Keithy? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a it's a really difficult question. I think that, you know, Brant is someone who embodies everything you would want as part of Utah football. I mean, he's obviously a high-character guy. Goes without saying that he was the heart of their offense. And I think that, you know, the comments we were getting earlier on the show about, you know, uh, Cam Rising and, and the offensive group having to sort of find their rhythm and, and find that connection point and find that synergy is absolutely spot on. I mean, you can go up and down a, a depth chart on on tight ends for for Utah but the fact is is it's not really about the name it's about about how that guy whatever the name is translates on the field and I think that you know this conversation around Cam Rising and his leadership ability and his ability to get the offensive group going is very pertinent right now I, I don't know like what it looks like if you're Cam Rising and you're tasked with this this you know, conundrum of, hey, how do you replace Brant Keithy? I don't think that's a question we should be asking. I think we should be asking, you know, what does the offense look like without Brant Keithy? It's not, I just don't believe that you replace a guy like him. It's more just like, hey, you know, what is our game plan to to score four touchdowns a game without Brant Keithy being in the offense? That, to me, is the question you have to ask. Well, let's see what Kyle Whittingham says post-game on the Brant Keithy injury. Brant Keithy is, is probably the big negative of the game. We'll find out more tomorrow, but it doesn't look good. Uh, and we'll have uh, a report on Monday at the press conference whether or not that's season ending. And uh, it's, uh, I just felt horrible for the kid. Such a, such a great teammate. He's a leader. He's a captain. Uh, came back for another year to, you know, to be with his team and help us win and, and uh, so we'll hope for the best it's not it's not definitive but uh, like I said it doesn't look good wow and you don't hear that from Kyle Whittingham just about ever I mean mm. it's it's one of those things where you know you you just cannot and, and I, I don't even know how to describe it you cannot put a value on Brand Keithy to this football team note I didn't say the offense you can't put a value to Brand Keithy on this football team, his right. leadership. And, and I know that everybody says, well, Brant's not going anywhere. He's going to be around the team. Well, that's all well and good. But the truth of the matter is, is that you can't lead unless you're playing. You are a far less ineffective leader when you're not on the field producing. And that's the issue in football. It always has been and it likely always will be. A guy like Brant Keithy is a phenomenal leader. He's a phenomenal character guy. But when you're not on the field, you can't be the leader that you are when you're performing. Agreed. And I, I think that's a that is a real problem for Brant Keithy in this Utah offense because now I think we go back to these questions about whether or not the wide receivers have enough in the tank. And you look at guys like Solomon Enos, Devon Vele. Um, you know, what are you going to get out of Jaquinton Jackson at running back now? Like, is he a guy? Because again, I, I point to the fact that you're going to have to throw the ball to the running backs. Now the flat is going to have to become a weapon. 
And I think that that obviously Cam Rising is a is a great quarterback. He's a guy that can adjust to that, Jake. But I think somebody that we don't talk about on the regular, whether that be you know a Jaquinton Jackson, whether that be you know a, a, any number of guys, a, a, a Money Parks comes to yeah. mind. Maybe it's Money Parks who steps up. I think one of those guys, Jake, is going to have to step up and carry the mail for the Utes. Yeah, absolutely, and, and that's kind of what I mean about like who's it going to be. Like I, I think this this concept of you know next man up applies to both BYU and Utah. And I think for Utah specifically, because they've never really been an offensive first program in the big picture, I think that that challenge is a little more difficult. I, I, I you know, obviously, I believe in Witt and his ability to coach a team and to bring a team along and obviously last year that was on full display but but you can't like you can't just roll out and replace talent you know no. what i mean like you can't just roll out and replace the ability that Brant Keithy has uh to play the tight end position and the instincts and the in the just the little things that he does and so that's why i say yeah i mean whether it's jackson or or, or whether it's getting more out of guys like Tavion Thomas just generally speaking you know, you have to get more out of these guys. And and I also think it will come down uh, to a lot of scheme and matchups. I think when you lose talent, the best way to overcome that is to create the matchups you want to create, to create the matchup that is advantageous. Put, yes. you know, put Tavion Thomas against, uh, uh, um, you know, against somebody that he's faster than, you know, and you only know that because you watch the tape and you put a scheme together and a game plan together. So that's what I mean. Like, they're going to have to work harder on the offensive game plan and how that all is going to come together to have success. Somebody, and it's what Witt always says, next man up. Somebody's yeah. going to have to be yeah, next I mean, man up. I mean, and it's really that simple in football. And, and obviously, this applies to many other sports, but I really feel like in football, because it is such a team game, like in basketball as an example, when you have an injury, you can backfill that injury by playing a guy five minutes and another guy eight minutes. Like, you can work with that, you know? But in football, it's just very different. Yep. Uh, Riley O'Brien says, good morning, casuals. Riley, what's up with you? Uh, Tom Basilius wants to know, can the advocates defend Tua Tungavailoa? Well, apparently he doesn't need any defending because he came do back you, in the game. But do you feel like the NFL takes concussions seriously? Yeah, I mean, I think they take it seriously enough, but I but I think that they're not. there's no ability. Like, what the NFL does is, so they take a piece of paper and they write down a bunch of policies on that piece of paper and then that basically just turns the, the the personnel from the NFL at games who evaluate concussions into robots. But oh, I think, but but for, but what even before that, what it does is it says, okay, well, look, here's a piece of paper with our concussion protocol on it. We take it seriously. Yeah. All right, go spend money. Uh, that's what it does. They have no they have no ability to say, hey, he just got his bell rung. We're gonna bring him off the field. But and, the way that process is supposed to work is exactly that way. And I, I think you see where you have an independent neurologist who says, hey, like they can buzz down and take him out of games. Like they they do – that happens on a pretty regular basis. I can't remember what game we were my, watching yesterday where you saw a guy arguing, trying to get his helmet back. And the thing with Tua Tungavailoa is they took him out of the game, and this is the problem. Yeah, He went through the concussion protocol. And he still got back on the field. So he got back on the field because they justified it as, well, this is a back injury. This is not a concussion. And I just don't buy that. That did not look like to my eyes um, that he had that he had a back injury. I look at Tua, you know, hitting his head here. Boom. Right there, if it was a back injury, he would not have gotten up. And look at him shake his head. Do you shake your head like that trying to get your back right? Do you fall down like that trying to get your back right? 
do you lean into your offensive lineman trying to get your back right? I'm just not buying that. Yeah, and my, but my point was with the with the take them out of the game thing and the piece of paper thing. What I was getting to is that I feel like the piece of paper just turns these guys into robots. They just say, "Oh, oh, it falls into box A. He can he can come back to the game. Oh, it falls into box B. He can't go back into the game." They don't have any ability to say, "Hey, like." Yeah, we get it, too. It might be a back injury, but that doesn't change the fact that you just suffered a brain injury, so you can't go back in the game. You know, they, they don't have the ability to make that judgment call. It's hard to watch that. Yeah. I mean, if we're being honest about it. And that's not it, even a bad one. By it's NFL hard to watch that. That's not even a bad one. You know, like, I, I look at the damage that just even the smallest concussions do, and I, I go back to when I was a kid. Jim McMahon was my quarterback, right? Like, as a Bears fan, Jimmy Mack was my guy. We spoke to him... I don't know, probably three years ago now at, at Portillo's in, in Arizona. Like, I mean, the guy is just not, and he's talked openly about this. Like he's yeah. got real brain issues and you look at these guys and the damage that these repeated collisions cause, man, you're talking about shortening your life substantially. Yes. And I don't care how much money you make. That's not enough money to justify that. Yeah. It just is not. And that's why these things like with Tua Tungavailoa yesterday, coming back in the game it's shocking it's absolutely shocking so yeah. we'll see I, I I don't you know I don't know exactly you know what happened obviously we were not there but I don't th we may never know the answer to that we 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 likely will not I just yeah I that's why I never let you play football like I never let my son play football I, I just would not I can't I can't see doing it yeah. Football hurts, man. Uh, Justin Sal says, there's no way that wasn't a concussion. As a guy who has had four myself, that wobble is a, uh, is a symptom I experienced. I mean, the wobble's the thing that, that really gives it away. I mean... And there, th he's saying that this wobble is because he his back felt like disconnected or something. Yeah. For a moment. He's saying that, that his back is what hurt him. And, like, he, you just fall down, like... I, I don't know, man. Like, they, and he's still wobbly there. His lineman is holding him yeah, up. Like, come I, I, on, I dude. just don't. I don't buy the fact that you hit. Watch your head the lineman like this. hold him up when he gets to the lineman. Watch how after the the big wobble. Okay, wobble there, wobble here. Yeah, watch seventy two. Now watch. Here. Yeah, watch the lineman. Just watch the lineman. Right like there, trying two, two to hold was, him up. He would have fell over if the lineman wasn't holding him right there. Yeah, I agree with Justin. I think this is a. It's a concussion. You know, like it. it it's. Yeah, and it, I, and I think that it it has nothing to do with like, I, I feel like in sports there's this whole conundrum about like, hey, well, you know, yeah, he got his bell wrong, but that's part of sports, or like he he, you know, is being soft by coming out of the game, and it's like, dude, he's not. It's just we're bigger than that now. I don't. It, the conversation just isn't about like, hey, whether you're man enough to stay in the game. It's yeah. about your long term health. Oh, but then there's Ruff's official. Yeah. Wow. How See, many people? That's exactly what I'm talking. How about. many people? How many players have had their bells rung? People are so soft now. It's a brain injury, Dick. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? Like, he, yeah. you, your brain. Every time you get a concussion, you you lose parts of your brain. You never get back. Do you understand that? Like, every time you get a concussion, yeah, irreversible brain damage happens. Yeah. You and only get one. When you look at football players from the '60s and '70s, '80s and '90s. And oh, by the way, now they're studying brains from football players in the 2000s. Parts of their brain are dead from repeated concussions. Why do you think guys, Dave Duerson, Junior yeah. Seau, why it's do you sad, think those dude. guys are killing themselves? Y'all feel me?
Are, are it like you're Rafs like dude I appreciate you be here but like just go like it, it it's just not it, it, it just, it, it makes no sense, man. Like, it, it's fine. Just let the guy go. Kyle J says, I think Ruff's had some irreversible brain damage. Clearly. Right. Clearly. I Giggity's mean, he's having some fun with him, too, it looks like. Yeah. By the way, uh, Georgia Tech fired their athletic director and football coach uh, today because of their horrible start. Nice. I like it. It's week four, and we're firing athletic directors and football coaches. That's how much money's on the line. That's insane to me. Yeah. It is absolutely insane to me. I love that we're talking about the NFL. Yeah. I think it is I think it is very interesting. Um, There's a lot that happened, man. Yeah. Justin Sal says LOL Ruff's official is the new villain of the show. We haven't had a villain on the show in a long time. Yeah. The, the last villain was uh man, I can't, I can't remember, his remember name. the guy's name now. Truck driver. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, Kenai Johnson says, you played your whole life to get to this point, to make it to the league. You don't want to waste it your first three years playing like that. Well, I don't disagree with that. Uh, NY Jazz fan says, there's too much data and science now that shows this is such a real thing. Impossible to think it is a coincidence. I had one concussion playing at DSU. It was terrible. Maybe that is why I'm messed up. Well, well, I don't know. Are you messed up? I hope you're not messed up. Uh, Pied Piper says, uh, hey, guys, long-time watcher, first-time commenter. Love the show. Oh, God. Uh-oh. Anytime you hear, first-time listener, or long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> Love the show, but you guys suck. That's usually what happens. Let's see. Just wondering why the hate towards MLS. I don't hate MLS. It's just I, not. here. Okay, here's the deal. So, on this show, MLS is not a great fit for us because it's not even close to number one in Salt Lake sports. And and again, I'm not hating on MLS. Like no. that's just the sports landscape in Salt Lake City and in most markets around the country. You're right, Portland. MLS is massive in Portland, dude. You have a good team. Like they play well. Like it's a big deal. But when you look at RSL in Real Salt Lake here in Salt Lake, RSL just is not number one, right? Utah, BYU, and the Utah Jazz are a share of the number one, depending on the time of year. So, like, right now, BYU and Utah are number one. The Jazz are number two. And then, yeah, I guess MLS would be number three, but I just, it's just not a, for our show, we don't have enough time to get to MLS. That said, there are talks, you know, we're working on things for the show, and, and, and Real Salt Lake may be part of that. I, I just think, as far as, from a business perspective, it's awfully difficult to justify us spending segments of this show on MLS. Yeah. There's is, not when as, Brant Keithy likely, you know, listen, tore Neil. Listen, as Gabe Ledley is well aware, look what Gabe Ledley, Lopes fan Gabe, gave to us. You're casual. I'm a Chelsea football fan. Yeah. Like I am a passionate Chelsea football fan. Do we talk Chelsea football club on this show? No. no. Do we talk baseball on this show? No. no. Do we talk hockey on the show? No. Why? Because it's not what, what the mass appeal is. And I don't hate on MLS, but here's my opinion on it straight away. MLS is the slow version of Premier League soccer. It's less talented. It is It plays with less pace. You know, like just look at the first touch in MLS versus Premier League. Yeah. It's hard to go from being a passionate fan of Premier League football and then coming over and watching MLS. Even... Even European players that are washed up and can no longer compete in the Premier League come over to MLS and dominate. 
It's just a tough sell for me. Yeah. I go to RSL matches because my wife actually enjoys it. And they are fun. It's fun to go RSL to RSL matches. matches. are like, fun. One of the things that Pied Piper says is just wondering why they hate Portland home games. Um, Portland home games are the most fun sporting events I've ever been to. MLS is growing fast. It is. Notice we're not disagreeing with you on that. We're not saying it's not growing. We're not saying it's not fun. We're not saying that MLS sucks. But what we are saying is that it doesn't appeal to the masses the way football does, the way basketball does, certainly. And frankly, when you're in the middle of the NFL season, the college football season, and NBA training camp starts tomorrow, MLS just is not going to make the cut. Like, I, I you know, I, I'm i not trying to be an asshole about it. Just that's how it is. Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, by the way, uh, I agree with all you said. Football is king, and I don't mind that at all. Um, no, football is not king. Tridaytrading.com slash Monty is king. Obviously, you should know that by now. Um, talking breakfast in 30 seconds before, uh, though, we're going to tell you about our good friends at Tridaytrading.com. Tridaytrading.com slash Monty, to be specific. Go there, watch the free webinar. Don't take my word for it. Go check them out. Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. It's a great side hustle that you can scale into your full-time gig. And the best part about Triday Trading, they're local. They're based in Lehigh. And they're going to teach you how to make money. Day trading is absolutely an avenue to, to get out of your nine to five grind, to work for yourself, to start your own business, to, to you know, to, to earn the things that you and your family have always dreamed about a better home, mm -hmm. better vacations, better car, being debt free. You can do all of that at trydaytrading.com slash Monty. And the best part is there's no obligation and there's no um, you know, there's, there's no reason for you not to at least look at it because you've talked about it. You've thought about it. You've tried a thousand and one side hustles that have not worked. Go to trydaytrading.com slash Monty, watch the free webinar, register, watch the free webinar, and then make a decision. If it is not a fit for you, don't continue. If you don't feel like, Hey, Monty was right. This is the best side hustle I've ever seen. Don't continue. But you won't know until you go to TridayTrading.com slash Monty and you watch the free webinar. And I'm telling you, it's going to change your perspective because one of the things that I know is day trading is a legitimate way to make money. Um, I've done it. You know, thank God for AMC. Doge to the moon. <laughs> GameStop. Like, yeah, we made money on all those things. And the thing that I would tell you is you have to know what you're doing. The guys at Triday Trading are going to give you coaching at an elite level. They're going to teach you how to day trade, and then they're going to give you their own money to day trade. And if you make money with their money, they're going to give you 50% of the profit, and then you go and do your own thing, man. And yet they're going to continue to give you high-level coaching and support so that you know you always have somebody behind you. You're making money. Your family's doing better. You're in that house you've thought about. You've quit your 9 to 5 because now – you're working for yourself. You built your own business as a day trader because you went to trydaytrading.com slash Monty, register and watch the free webinar. Okay, so now we've come to the portion of the program where we talk about food. Right. We do it almost every day. You are what you are. We like talking about food. So you know on this show that oftentimes... We will compare things to other things when we talk about food. Right. Here's my question. Right. Pancakes or French toast? Because today is, in fact, National Pancake Day. Right. Now, I'll tell you straight away, I'm a, I'm a French toast guy all day. Mm -hmm. But the availability of French toast is so limited. Right. It's turned me into a pancake guy. 
The problem is, is that not all, you know, buttermilk pancakes are made the same. Some are fluffier, some are just kind of flat and let you down, you know. So to get good, high-quality, fluffy buttermilk pancakes is tough to find, but I am definitely a pancake guy. Do you have a go-to? Because I got to tell you, Mrs. Monty and I, Mrs. Monty, you might remember the name of the place up in uh, Cottonwood Canyon, halfway up towards, like, um, Brighton. No, my bad. What is it? Isn't it the Silver Fork Lodge? Yes. Yes. Silver Fork Lodge. If you just get the buttermilk pancake, it's tough to beat their buttermilk pancakes. Yeah. Right? But OPH, what's the first place Mrs. Monty oh. and I went to eat in Utah when we when we were moving back? You know. It probably was OPH then. OPH and Sandy. That's my guess, yeah. Yeah, when we flew back to, to House Hunt. Yeah. We so went to delicious. OPH and Sandy. Oh. And they are really good, right? Yeah. But see, like OPH is oh. style-wise is a little smaller with the, like the diameter of their pancakes. Do you like small ones, smaller ones like that, or you like big ones? <laughs> I don't want plate-sized pancakes because then there's nothing else on the plate. Okay, now we went to, what was the name of that breakfast eggs place? Eggs in the city. We went to get eggs the other day. Yeah. And we had eggs in the city. Yeah. And the pancake is, I mean, it's. Think of like a pizza tray. That's it, how big the pancake It looks like was. it was miserable. Yeah, it was not good. Because the, the well, the pancake was fine. Eh. The syrup. And I'm the guy. Here's the other thing about pancakes. Yeah. If you don't have an entire bottle of pancake per pan or syrup, if you don't have an entire bottle of syrup per pancake, you're it's not living too right. much. Right. It's Wait, too I'm, much. I'm sorry. You said what? Bro, you use way too much syrup. Way too much. Stop disrespecting me, bro. Yeah. There's no, no, there's no such thing. I said it. No. You, you, wow. Well, right. I understand you said it, but there's no such thing as too much syrup. Let's Lana settle. B12. Yeah, let's settle down. Right, let's relax. There's no such thing. But here's the other question. Once you've put one full bottle and if you if you're like me and you only buy pure maple syrup that's like $20 a bottle, me, pancakes become very expensive. I don't use an entire bottle. Just we're going. But are it's you like a half a cup? Are you What's wrong with half a uh, <laughs> That's it. On a on a on a three on a stack of three pancakes, it's at least a cup. She took offense. I'm not. Yeah, you did take offense. <laughs> Why is that too much? It's just too much when your pancake is like dissolving into the syrup. That's the best. Yeah, you when found you, can't you have found the Vernal Equinox. No, when you can't pick it up with your fork because it's literally dissolving into the syrup. No, man, it's too much, man. It's the fucking Vernal Equinox. It's too much. And then the problem <laughs> is, is that you two. Will leave like a quarter cup what? on the plate. What? The waste what? of the twenty dollars syrup is immense. Doesn't matter the restaurant we paid for, it, right? Yeah, that's offensive. Right? Like, good lord. Anyways, I do want to have one call out for OPH. They have pumpkin spice pancakes that are delish. It's that that's season. That's fucking interesting, oh, man. Now, now listen, listen. Uh oh. Uh, Comment Fat Jesus says pancakes lack texture. He also says, no such thing as too much syrup, said diabetes. Wow. Um, thank you. <laughs> wow. Thank you. Thank you. I do not have diabetes. Uh, let's see. Uh, Sterling Tracy says, all right, Monty, imagine, though, jack-in-the-box bacon ultimate cheeseburger breakfast style with French toast for buns and oh syrup dip. Oh, my God. <laughs> by the go. way, by oh, the way. Yes. Let's go. Yes. Let's go. Let's go. Saratoga Springs, why don't you guys go ahead and search for jack-in-the-box on Google? Jack in the Box. Saratoga Springs, Saratoga baby. Springs. Let's go. 
because I don't know if you guys know this. Let's go. And let me see if I still have it in my phone. I might. New I phone, don't. who it is? New phone, who it is? Why don't you just Google search it um, on maps? Well, because I was going to show it uh, on the on the screen, and I thought I had a screen. Anyway, she, women know everything. The point is, listen to me. The point is, Jack in the Box is opening in Saratoga Springs. Now, apparently, that that is not built yet. But it just tells you, how do they have a review already if it's not built? Oh, wait, Google reviews are scams. Anyway, the point is, the point is, Jack in the Box is coming. But if you get a, a, a extreme sausage sandwich, the best breakfast sandwich in the world, and you put it between two pieces of French toast, my friends, now you're cooking with gas. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, absolutely. Now, what's the one review? I don't know. It's really a good review. Um, if we're being, if we're being honest, uh, I, I didn't re I don't, they probably said the plot of land that Jack in the box bought looked great. You know? Hey, Jack wagon, by the way, I can't accept that. Gosh, dang Jake dog. sent me like Diggity a, dog, a darn casual, it. bro. I I'm sorry. I can't, it's, I was, it's literally offensive. Anyways, I was trying to put up there anyway. Anyway, I, it's right. I'm going to say French toast. Yes. Delicious. But yes. you have to have bread around. Good and bread matters. Oh, good the bread, bread matters. matters. You can't have thin bread. If no, your bread good is bread too matters, thin, yeah. then once you dip it, it's yeah. going to be gross. It's going to fall out. All like, right, five minutes no. to go on the Monty Show presented by the advocates, utahadvocates.com. Mrs. Monty. Yes. It is also National Best Breakfast Ever Day. Your go-to breakfast is what? I'm with Jake on this. It's the breakfast burrito. Yes. I mean, at like I would be so unhealthy if I ate them every day, but I would Do if it. it was an option. I'm, I'm with breakfast you. burrito. Breakfast Jake? burrito. Yeah, dude. I mean, the the go to is yeah, breakfast burrito. And and listen, if you're in Southern California, go to Hot Off the Grill. They have one of the best ones around. That's one of my favorite spots to go to when I'm there. It's a you know big boy flour tortilla. You got to have see the the crispiness of the hash brown matters very though. Important. See, very very If you very have good important. crispy hash yeah. browns with nice fluffy scrambled eggs, a little bit of cheese, a little bit of avocado. Meat of choice. I'm a bacon guy. When I do the burrito, I gotta go all out with it. And whole pinto beans. Whole pinto beans. Yeah. See, uh, whole beans good over refried hot sauce. In, good yeah. hot sauce. But Taco Bell hot sauce for. for I mean, women, right? I mean, yeah, well, we can do that. But, but is is Taco Bell hot sauce really hot? Because I am as Caucasian. No, it's as good, any, dude. I'm as Caucasian as any white man is Caucasian. Their hot sauce is not that hot. No, it's me. warm. It's, it's nice. Good. It just it's gives like, you a little zip. Yeah. yeah, it gives you a little zip, man. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. All right. Yeah. Uh, Greg Hawkins says, sup, y'all. Marlon Shaw says, eggs Benedict is the best. Yeah, I've never been a huge but wait, Benedict wait, wait, wait. guy. Throw out the fact that this shit is killing you. Right. Yeah, just in general, because you're a big Benedict person, right? I see, I don't like hollandaise sauce. That's actually, I'm not a I big... I thought you really liked hollandaise sauce. No, I like Bernays sauce. Oh, oh excuse me. Yeah. So, Bernays yeah, sauce, yeah, hollandaise the proper sauce. Nomenclature. If I can get oh, a Benedict with Bernays sauce, I'm in. I'm not a huge hollandaise fan. Yeah, nope. You know. Mm, sorry. It, it, it is what it is. Avocado Talk toast, I'm in. Oh, yes. Talking with Raphael. Oh, my Pacas boy, dude. You are on Says uh, French toast, bacon, eggs over medium, some hash browns, and cheese Man, on top. Man, I love a good over medium egg, dude. Crispy. Oh. Hash browns. Oh, yeah. Don't yes. Don't mess up the hash browns. Yes. Don't make them all, you know, mushy. mushy. But again, I just say trashy food. Hot off the grill in Southern Huntington so Beach. good. Hot off the grill. The great crispy well, hash sure. browns. Yeah. Really, really good. Okay, my breakfast of choice. 
I, I honestly, I think it is like a mess. I think yeah, it's th yeah. potato, uh, hash browns, eggs, and some mushrooms and onions with green sourdough. Pepper. Nah, okay, let's not. No, a green pepper is so overrated. No, it's not. On nine it's out of ten things. Hash. Green pepper is overrated on pizza. What? And it's overrated in Dude, breakfast. Dude, what are what? you talking about? What, what do you mean? Are you? Dude, who, who the hell are you? Yeah, I, but I like I like what? green pepper on like Mexican food. Like fajitas are great with green pepper. Well, yeah, because that's a core fundamental to fajitas, dude. No, it's fajitas. Denver omelets. Yes. Like, no. Come no, on, man. No, bro. No, I'm not a ham guy though. I'm not a ham guy. Much like you, Mrs. Monty, I love me a good sausage. You know, like I mean, wow. that's what. Wow. You what? Yes, you did. What? Okay. Yes, you did. Well, okay. Like, wow. look, I'm just trying to further the conversation by saying I like eggs, potatoes, a little bit of veggie, and, and there is nothing better. If we're not worrying about health, yeah. there is nothing better than sourdough toast with a good raspberry jam. That place up in the up in um, Immigration Canyon, the lady named after the lady oh, with that jar of raspberry it, roots. High roots. Biscuits. Isn't it Ruth's place? Ruth's place? No. Something like damn that. Damn it. It's so good. The it's train so good. Car. Is it a train car? Yeah, it's a train car. Uh, Carney's? No. Um, it's a train no. car, really? Yeah, Ruth Steiner. Ruth Steiner. Ruth Steiner. It is Ruth Steiner in Immigration Canyon. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Ruth yeah. Steiner. Good. Hey. The raspberry jam there is flipping phenomenal. Like, it Delicious. is. They make yeah. it. It is really good. Okay, 60 seconds uh, for San Diego State Aztecs to say word, people. Okay. Word. MH5 says Texas toast. Thick slice is paramount. Facts. Love it. Facts. Let's just say take a moment. Appreciate we we have all these options in the U.S. Yes. We do. Sterling. Yes. I Wow. Comment dump. Uh, talking with Raphael says, wow, LOL. Uh, Tom Basilio says Black Bear Diner has Southern Scramble that's awesome. Okay. Fat Jesus says I he I've heard Mrs. Monty hasn't had good sausage since before she was married. What would I do without you? <laughs> Damn. Damn, he is out to get you today. Not funny. Fat Jesus is on one. Marlon Shaw says 100% of healthy people die, so enjoy life. Facts. <laughs> Fa hey. <laughs> Green pepper in Chipotle bowl and on the Subway sandwich is a life hack. See, that's fine. See? That's fine. That's fine. Okay. Don't be a hater. We have to go. Uh, Mrs. Monty, always uh, awesome to see you, my beautiful woman. Love you. Jake, wish I could say the same. Yeah, I know. Uh, the Monty Show presented by the Advocates. UtahAdvocates.com. Make sure you tell me you heard about it on the Monty Show at UtahAdvocates.com. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Come on, Jake.